This podcast is brought to you by PC component retailer and boutique builder Silver Knight PCs. Use offer code Broken Silicon to get six percent off everything on their website. And it is also brought to you by Ice Giant and their Pro Siphon Elite Cooler. Is also brought to you by CDKeyOffer.com that gets you great deals on Windows keys and other products. You can find links in the description and the proper offer codes for all of these sponsors, and we'll talk about them later. But for now, let's just get on with the show. Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Tom. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Before we started recording, we chatted for a bit. And the guest asked me if I had moved. And I said, yeah, and I've actually almost been here for two years. There's a shocking thought that it's been already almost two years since the last time he's been on. But I will waste no more time. Please introduce yourself. All right, guys, how's it going? It's Jim from Adore TV, and I'm back on the show again. Uh, as Tom just said, yeah, two years since the last one. It's, it just seems unbelievable. Uh, and, well, I realize that mo- because of that, it's basically been the last year I have spent uh, not really paying much attention to technology, to be honest with you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I've, I've basically just been getting all my news through Twitter, I think. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's where I got all my text off this past year and a bit, in fact. Uh, so it took me a little while to get up to speed and you know, one or two things I put to the back of my brain and maybe maybe I can remember it during, during the, the show. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, though. You have been putting out a few more videos recently and they're yeah. pretty much all related to either RDNA or, and it's it's hard to avoid not doing this every now and then, just... <laughs> deconstructing some of the marketing of nvidia yeah. it's just it's so much fun it's sometimes i just get lost like looking at their graphs and going look how silly this is i couldn't think of a better person to have on even if you've been taking a break from it but i mean how, how have you been these past couple of years you know it's been sporadic when you've been posting yeah i mean basically i did have something of a midlife crisis last year and i just got to the point where i decided you really need to pull yourself together and concentrate on your own life rather than, you know, running around and trying to concentrate on everybody else's lives. And sadly, YouTube had to go because it was consuming so much of my time. Mm. It really was. It's just incredible the amount of time I would put into that. And then constantly raising the bar as well just gets so exhausting after a while. Uh, well, and I think there's a tendency for people who do this to, whether they started as this or not, they eventually kind of become perfectionists, right? Like you yeah, notice yeah. what you've done wrong in this video and you're yes. like, and then once you notice, oh, I, I could edit that. And then it turns into like eight hours of editing a video somehow. And if you don't notice it, one of your viewers will notice it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, you know they will. You know yes. they will. So you got to go back and fix it. You know, the thing is, I find myself now, uh, these last few videos, I can sort of instantly tell when I make a mistake in the video. Uh, but, and I know that somebody's going to call me out on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just sort of think, 
okay, it's maybe like a small thing. Like in, in the, the last one or a couple of videos ago, I talked about NVIDIA being on four nanometers. And the instant I said it, I knew, I thought, somebody's going to call me out on this. Yeah, it's a five nanometer family node. It's not really four. Yeah, Yeah, basically. But I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to leave it. (laughs) And and I was right. I got maybe 10, 20 people saying, come on, man, it's not actual four four nanometers. It's just based on five, which I had already said in the previous video. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's been a bit like that. Um. I just tend to let one or two little things go now. I think it's probably better for the overall mental health if you do that. Yeah, those are the comments that I find really annoy me a bit too, is when it's like, I can't believe you don't think AMD or you know NVIDIA does this with consumers, this. And it's like, I've done like three videos just talking about that. I thought maybe we make this a 20-minute video instead of a 30-minute one and just not completely regurgitate everything every yeah. single time, guy. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean with that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, because of a, a lot of things that I wasn't really paying a huge amount of attention to, stuff like... Um, Zen 4 even, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, mm. I really didn't. It did nothing for me, to be honest. Raptor Lake, that's been a surprise to me, to be honest. If you remember, like, it was about a year you, ago. You, you leaked some of the details the about that. The entire lineup, yeah. basically, yeah. That was about a year and a couple of months ago. I had the entire lineup. Um, and I was also, I also had another leak uh, from the same source, a very good source, uh, which told me that Intel would get an extra two speed bins. Now I'm thinking, okay, Alder Lake was what, 5.3 gigahertz? It's somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking two speed bins, that must mean 5.5. So I put down in in that same video, it's going to be 5.5 gigahertz. And it turns out that they got 5.8 and there's a six gigahertz coming now as well, isn't there, for Raptor Mm -hmm. Lake? Yeah, I think I leaked it's... I th- I'm trying to remember off the top of my head when it comes out. I want to say it was like January 10th or 13th. It's on my Twitter somewhere. Yeah, yeah that comes out pretty soon, like in, like I think almost literally one month from now. Right, okay. So, I mean, if there's been any surprise to me, then it certainly looks like Intel has got some pretty nice clock speeds out of that. And saying that, though, I mean, Zen 4, I don't yeah. think anybody really expected those clock speeds either. So they've both like done really well on, on like their... On their nodes, at least. Uh, well, you know, I have to ask you that, though. That's the funny thing is, I was always like kind of hearing Zen Four is at least as big of an increase as Zen Three, and you know, it is. It's about it's about a Zen Three single threading increase, arguably a little better, maybe. And then the multi threading is actually a higher increase because they're boosting all of the core clocks yes, way, 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 way higher. higher. Yeah. You know, and they have AVX five twelve and a few, and it seems like their hyper threading is a bit more efficient this time once again. Um, What's interesting about that, if I can just interrupt, is uh, I've also got, I got a a leaked slide on uh, Genoa X, uh, Mm -hmm. and when I saw it, I thought, no way are they getting that sort of extra performance out of it. But from what this slide said to me, Genoa X is going to be like 30% faster than Genoa. I'll put a link in the description. I, um, I, I have some well it was a few slides but i have something pretty similar on that that i put out the vcash leak and i was very careful about what i said about the overall performance because it's like i had a series of benchmarks and it's like well i don't know if this is going to apply to everything right with vcash 
sometimes you get like a doubling of performance yeah. and sometimes it's one percent so i was very careful but i was like it it seems like the v cache with zen 4 is going to be at least what we got out of it in an increase of zen 3 and right and i'm assuming you saw that right and also because of the vastly increased clock speeds i mean these things aren't quite so power limited like the x mm -hmm. series so yeah i mean i think a lot of people might be surprised at just how fast genoa x is again uh I mean, Intel are already in extreme trouble uh, on in the data center, and it doesn't look like things are going to be getting better for them next year, at least. Well, yeah, let's keep talking about that. And I did have that as a subject to bring up yeah. eventually. I don't, wouldn't mind just talking about that first. Like, an entire subject of mine was just, I think it's going to be a brutal 2023 for Intel yeah. against AMD. I just see nothing here. Like, X, they, they're going to have a 6 gigahertz chip, but they're already pulling. I mean, I have a Raptor Lake i7. That thing pulls 250 watts easily. Yeah. The i5s pull mm -hmm. 200. The i9s pull over 300. I don't know what a 6 gigahertz model is going to pull, but some of the leaks coming out now suggest it's actually a decent multi-core performance increase too. So the only way that's happening is if these are binged so well oh. that they're like at a 400 watt. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's going to look very good at all compared to like a 7950 X3D. Exactly, and then, yeah. And then the as far as I can tell, that's all they got. That's all yeah. they got all year. Yeah. I mean, we saw the, the large increase that the X3D, the 5800 X3D uh, made, especially like in gaming. Um, I don't know if they're going to get the same kind of increase this time around. I'm not mm -hmm. sure about that. Um, but yeah, I think... Well, I mean, Intel are kind of in the lead again, even though they're throwing tons of power at that problem, Yeah. Um, I think it will be pretty close on the desktop. Uh, I don't really think that it matters that much, to be honest with you, though, the desktop. It's the state of their data center, which is just, mm -hmm. it's a farce. I mean, Sapphire Rapids, what, what is going on with that? Is that released yet? I mean... Um, it depends, depends <laughs> who you ask at Intel, it, as yeah. always, right? But, I mean, it's, uh, I think... Because I've been paying, I've only been paying attention to like RDNA and Lovelace lately. But yeah. I think if I remember right, Sapphire Rapids is supposed to like paper launch by the end of this month, and then their <laughs> HEDT version is coming out quarter two. And and the people I've talked to, they insist it really is done. It really is coming out now. Uh -huh. They understand why we doubt it because it took them what two years to actually release this dang thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what they got, and that's going to have to go up against. Uh, 96 core Genoa X and 128 core Bergamo yeah. Yeah, of course. in the middle of next year. And then Emerald Rapids is just 20% better, same, you know? It? Yeah, it's more yeah. of the same. Uh, is it even going to be 20% better? I'm not even sure about that. It's like four extra cores, probably, you know, <laughs> who, who's to say? Like, it, yeah. it's, I don't know. And that's, and the, I, I, they're hoping to have turnout by. Uh, middle of 2020, I'm trying to make sure, yeah, middle of 2024 against like Zen 5, but I don't know. I, I'm going to probably leak this in about a week. I'm hearing there's node issues, you know, at Intel. Yeah. And I just don't know what happens to Intel if they have 64 core Emerald Rapids against but like 192 to 256 core Zen 5. Yeah. And on desktop, Meteor Lake might actually... If it even comes out to desktop, it sounds like it's completely gutted. I they, they might have nothing to fight Zen 5 for like half a year. Well, Turin, I, I, Turin's 192 cores. I don't know if there's a, a 
a, like a Bergamo follow-up. Yeah, yeah two, 256 probably is, yeah. But yeah, Turin at 192 is going to going to stomp all over anything that they, they've got for a, a long time. Uh, I think 2024 mm-hmm. might be the start of the turnaround, but I haven't heard anything about node problems, but I sort of... I don't think it's like 10 nanometer, but it's still like, I don't know if you've seen like their slide or remember, like they were like, we're going to hit Intel 4 and Intel 3 in one year and then Angstrom yeah. and then like, they're acting like they're going to two nodes every year. <laughs> and from what I'm hearing, it's like, it's not 10 nanometer issues, but I don't think they're doing that. No, um, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, if they have another 10 nanometer issue, then you might as well just pack up and forget about it. Uh, they cannot That's what survive. someone told me, by the way. He's like, if we don't, if this comes even close to that, I mean, we, we're we done. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, done. Like, this cannot happen again. No, they are absolutely done. Even though they're outsourcing quite a bit now to TSMC, uh, mm-hmm. which is no doubt going to help them. Um, you, they need their own manufacturing. But it's such a sunk cost. Just all of those fabs need to be running, or they're losing money. And yeah, it, I, I, I don't know. It's I, I think um, you know, from what I've at least leaked recently, it's like Arrow Lake looks like it could be cool, but that's like late twenty twenty four next to Lunar Lake for mobile, and like I think all of that sounds good. I actually do think um, Granite Rapids, which for those, it's like a Redwood Cove plus supposed to come out first half of 2024 at 128 cores and you know all these accelerators yeah i think all those can be good if they come out on time but i i think it, if they slip even half a year each it they just it's such a bad 2023 even if intel comes back i really think next year people are going to be looking at intel like they're just done for whether or not they actually are because they've basically again I, i'm kind of re- being repetitive here but i think they've basically got Nothing coming out next year, effectively, then. <laughs> like, right? Like, nothing. If Meteor Lake gets delayed, that was it. I mean, the thing is, they've been somewhat fortunate to hold on to something like 70, 75% of the data center market. They still own all of that market with these awful products. Mm-hmm. But but they are losing more and more and more every month. Yeah? I can't imagine any of these really upgrading uh, Intel servers anymore. Uh you know, they're switching over to AMD. It's been a glacial ramp for AMD. I mean, 2017 is when we got Zen 1. We're coming mm-hmm. to 2023 now, and they've only got about, what, 30% of the data center market? It has been mm-hmm. really, really slow. But, but it's been pretty consistent, right? Yeah. And they are chipping away slowly it's but surely. It's going in one direction, put it that way, and I don't see the direction not going to be changing next year, that's for sure. And mm-hmm. probably not 2024 either. And, you know, this is where Intel's money comes from, or it, this is where it came from. Uh, and I had a look at their financials, that second quarter financial result they had. Yeah. I, I had, because I'd been out, out the, you know, the game for like a year, I had absolutely no idea just how bad it had got for them financially. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're almost... I think that snuck up on all of us a little bit, though. Like, we all expected horrible financials, but the losses they were getting out of AXG, their accelerated graphics division, and, and, and you know, their last uh, earnings, they they openly admitted that they're, they have worse margins than AMD already. Yeah. It, it's... I didn't expect that to happen so quickly. <laughs> no. It almost just seemed like an overnight capitulation, almost like they sort of held on for a bit and then it just like, boom, the entire PC market just cratered like the past few months. 
But interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I mean, Lisa Sue said that AMD didn't notice anything during the second quarter. You know, they're still getting orders coming in. But then AMD got hammered like last quarter. So mm-hmm. they've had like a sort of delayed effect with this. And obviously, the, one of the reasons for that is Intel has gone and basically fire sailed a bunch of CPUs. Um, AMD's been left with a ton of inventory, uh, which, mm-hmm. and they've had to then like drop prices. It's been great for us. I mean, a 5800X3D for $329, something like that. I mean, that's fantastic. Or, you know, bought- like <laughs> I've been talking about the micro center deals here and there's, it's gotten so absurd. It's like you can get a, what is it? I'm trying to remember. Uh, what are we on now? 7700X for like, it was like 350 and then they'll give you $50 off and $50 off a motherboard. And they gave you 32 gigabytes of RAM for free. Yeah, like, I was throwing, like, what? <laughs> throwing tech at it away. Yeah. I mean, no, no doubt about it. The, the PC market has just completely crashed. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's hurting NVIDIA as well, obviously, in graphics. Every, everyone's hurting with it now. Uh, that's when the data center basically comes to the rescue. That's the data center that's come to AMD's mm-hmm. rescue. Um, it's shoring Intel up slightly, but they're losing more and more. Um, well, that's the thing, though, right? And AMD has slowly but surely been taking market share slowly, probably because it was a, so many people were buying everything on the shelves. And if, if people buy everything you put yes. on the shelves, then, well, Intel has capacity and they're going to keep market share. Yeah. But the second the market crashes, then it becomes a, a logical purchasing decision. Yes. They're like, well, AMD is better. I'm choosing AMD. And and this is it's finally hitting Intel now that they they got off so easy. And, you know, I will say, too, I really get the impression when I look back at the conversations I had with Intel and they're almost surprised to what's happening now that they really thought Alder Lake was all they needed to do. Like <laughs> they like they thought we won. We were done then, right? Everyone will just buy Intel forever again. And 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 somewhat actually, to my surprise, Zen 3 continued to sell about as well as Alder Lake. And yeah. They have all this leftover inventory. They're going to rebrand a lot of Alder Lake dies into the, whatever the 13th gen, like whatever it is, non-KI5s below $200 yeah. just to get rid of them. Yeah. And I really get the impression that Intel thought if they pulled off one win, their mind share would do the rest. But it is it, it is interesting to see how AMD's been able to take mind share with Ryzen in a way that they never could with graphics against yeah, Intel. That is Don't actually a very good point. Yeah, because even now, if I was buying a CPU, I mean, okay, the, the 3900, the, sorry, the 1300K is like the fastest uh, CPU out there, but I'm not putting something to 50, 300 watts. And, and for a CPU, no chance. I, I would like lose a frame or two per second uh, rather than stick that into my, uh, my PC. Uh, so... I mean, they've, they've achieved a win through basically throwing power at the problem. Um, mm-hmm. This, and you know, like all the PC builders are looking at the same thing because, yeah, okay, it was it was a bit cheaper as well. You've got to sort of say, you've got to applaud them, I guess, for keeping prices down and bringing AMD's prices back into check because yeah. Zen four prices at launch were just stupid. Yeah, they should not have been priced so high. Yeah, and now, and I do think stupid, by the way, because. I can make an argument for why they were fairly priced, but I don't want to regurgitate it. I, I could make the argument, and I actually think there is an argument to be made, but it doesn't matter when this is the first generation on a new socket. Like, price it lower and capture the socket market, yeah. and then everyone will upgrade for five years. Like, I don't know why 
I don't know why they didn't see that. I mean, they've they've come around to it now, I think, but it was so weird to me that AMD seemed very tepid to give you a decent bargain. If there was yeah. ever a generation to have a bargain, it's when Intel's competitive again yeah. and you have a new socket. So yeah. l- let's get people on the platform. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, the, the cost of the motherboards was so high as well. It mm-hmm. was just totally prohibitive looking at the overall system price. Um, and I'm looking at it thinking, I cannot imagine that this is going to help AMD's market share at all. <laughs> and well, as we know, last month, it really did fall apart because Intel has fire sailed a bunch of CPUs. AMD's had to like massively drop prices uh, just to shift inventory. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the whole PC market is in a really bad state and stuff like that has to happen. But the simple fact that they launched Zen 4 at such high prices... I don't think they read the market very well, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I think I, AMD's failed to read the room on a few things. <laughs> yeah, they have done. They have done. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't think they really expected Intel to be so fast either. I just, you know, I get that feeling. I, that- I have to conclude the same. I really think, which is odd because I don't think what me and then and, and you leaked about Raptor like seemed that outlandish. They're adding more little cores. Yeah. They're clocking it faster. Like, I don't know what AMD expected. It was exactly. about exactly what you'd expect out of something like this. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Zen 5 is probably going to be a bigger architecture change than what we saw mm-hmm. with Zen 4. So there is that. I mean, they, you really can't do huge architecture changes year after year after year. You know, there, is, there does come a sort of stage where you do milk it just that little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Same with graphics as well, uh, which I guess we could move on to um, seeing as obviously <laughs> there has been well, some rather interesting uh, release. Yeah, we've been dancing year. around it now for a couple of minutes. I guess let's, speaking of milking, let's talk about the next gen graphics releases. Specifically, let's start, of course, with RDNA 3. I mean, I don't even know where to start really, but w- what were you expecting out of RDNA 3? I don't know, maybe. Let's do this. What were you expecting six months ago, a month ago, and a week ago? Because my answers would be different, uh, right. you know. Well, yeah, obviously, uh, especially this last week. As you know, as I said, uh, I haven't been paying any attention to it. Uh, and anything I got came through Twitter. I would get something and put it to the back of my mind. And then, actually, the thing that sort of piqued my interest was when I started to see like images of NVIDIA's uh, new Lovelace graphics cards coming out and mm-hmm. these humongous shrouds. And so... Uh, yeah, I'm holding one up here to the camera. This thing is insane. <laughs> this is... it's, And I trust me, it's heavy. It's like yeah. really yeah. heavy. <laughs> I mean, you can see that it looks heavy. I start... I ask myself, why is NVIDIA doing this? Now, obviously, they've been on Samsung 8 nanometers, right? And mm-hmm. we knew that they're moving on to TSMC 4 nanometers. <laughs> Let's just call it 5 nanometers. Um, and so, I mean, at the end of the Ampere, uh, the last Ampere video I did, I said, you know what? NVIDIA look like they're going to really, really hammer AMD into, into the ground next generation, simply because they're going from Samsung 8 to TSMC 5. It's going to be a huge increase they're going to get out of that in terms of power. And then all of a sudden, though, I start seeing these huge shrouds and then, then realize that they're releasing their top-end GPU first mm-hmm. with a massive shroud. And why are they doing that? 
Why are they doing that? Why do you think that, I mean, what, what would you analyze that as why NVIDIA did that? Well, right. Well, and I did, you know, I, I think, I think that NVIDIA saw what happened with RDNA 2 and you could make the argument AMD one with RDNA 2. Certainly in some averages, the 6900 XT beat the 3090 yeah. and Jensen <laughs> is not happy about that. You can tell that they thought the 3090 was going to crush RDNA 2 and it didn't. And I think Jensen said, you know, obviously these things are planned years ahead of time, Yeah, but he went we're not giving them any chance here. And I'm actually going to do a leak about a week after this comes out about a canceled NVIDIA product that I have pictures of that if you think that looks big, <laughs> they had something, I, I can't, well, maybe I'll send you pictures after this. It, yeah. It's comically huge. Well, I think Jensen said, we're going to push it and we're going to make sure we don't lose. And then at the last minute, they realized they don't need 600 watt graphics yeah. cards. And I mean, look, this thing, uses 300 watts it doesn't need this cooler and i yeah. they, they've got a better thir uh two dual slot cooler for the 4070 ti this could easily accept it so i think yeah i think they said we will not let amd win and i think they were more scared too i mean AMD yes. just did this with rdna2 now they're using chiplets that's a that's a scary word you know like Macbeth, yeah. you don't say around amd competitors so I think they were scared and they're like, we cannot let them destroy us. And then well, that's that was what they my did. analysis as well when I saw it. And obviously, I'd heard about the 600 watt rumors stuff as well. And I'm thinking, on the same node, this is the first time that NVIDIA and AMD have been on the same node um, for quite some, a few generations now, you know, at the same time. Was the last time Pascal? And what did they do with Pascal? They you'd say NVIDIA maybe had a slight note advantage with Pascal because it was TSMC versus uh, Global Foundries, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was that. Um, but NVIDIA... So I guess GCN and Maxwell, right? Like Fury and Maxwell, those both Basically, TSMC going back 28. to 2011, between 2011 and 2015 probably was when they were all kind of on this, the same node at the same time. But NVIDIA mm -hmm. milked that. I mean, they milked like the, the 1080 Ti, sorry, the 1080, which is a very fast card, 30% faster than the previous generation. And then they brought out the Ti, which is an incredibly quick graphics card, but they mm -hmm. made the most of that financially um, by basically launching the 1080, what was it, $800 or something? Or It got to $800 during the holiday season, you know, above MSRP. The founders mm -hmm. was $700, and it was really, yeah. people forget that. It was above $700 for like yeah. six months or more until they were scared of Vega for no reason, apparently. <laughs> but now all of a sudden, as I was saying, they're both again on the same TSMC node. NVIDIA are getting a bigger increase Certainly, in in, in terms of power, mm -hmm. moving from Samsung eight to TSMC five, that should have been a massive increase in power uh, coming coming back for Nvidia. And yet they've got this massive shroud. They're launching their top end chip, and their top end chip, which let's be honest, it's not really that far cut down. I mean, what is it like? It's 11%? like ten percent or something. Yeah, eleven yeah, percent, which is doesn't leave them an awful lot of room uh, to grow. To be honest. Um, Although it is actually better than the 3090 Ti, I believe. Well, yeah, I think I think they had to, though, with the 3090, because 3090, I think, was cut down like 3% when that came out or something. And, yeah. But they had to because, you know, they just... <laughs> they, they just they, had to milk it, yeah. The um, Samsung just didn't give them the performance I think they quite thought it would get to. Surprise, you know. 
So my analysis was NVIDIA are basically afraid of what AMD have got coming next, which I couldn't really fully understand. I had because it just didn't make sense to me. I, I thought NVIDIA were going to stomp AMD into the dust. And well, maybe some people think that they did um, with the XTX launching uh, yesterday. It's mm-hmm. about 20 to 25%. Well, sorry, the, the 4090 is between 20 to 25% faster, mm-hmm. which is a generation. Well, that is the difference between a top-end card and a mid-range card. It's about the difference between a 2080 Super and a 2080 Ti. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is not AMD's high high end. This mm-hmm. is their mid-range. Uh, if you go back again, 14 nanometers, they launched Polaris. That was 2016. That was as square in the mid-range as you can possibly get. In fact, it was lower mid-range, I would call, call mm-hmm. that. And then 2017, they launched Vega, which, you know, I've said enough about <laughs> Vega in the past. I don't want to go over that again. And then with RDNA, uh, RDNA 1, the 5700 XT launched 2019. That mm. is as square in the mid-range as you can possibly get a graphics card. Yeah? 59, 50, sorry, 5700 XT, squarely in the mid-range. And then it was the year after, 2020, that they launched the 6800, the 6900. The bigger chips, which are basically had double, mm. uh, double shader count. And so this year, once again, they've, moved to new, they've done this every new node, right? 14 nanometers, they launch mid-range first. 7 mm. nanometers, they launch mid-range first. If you don't count the radio on 7, at least. And then, now we're on 5 nanometers, they are once again launching their mid-range chip. They've just called it the 7900 XTX, which is a marketing move, which allows them to basically charge $1,000 for it. Yeah, which it sold out, you know. It did yeah. sell out, and I thought it would. But I do know that, like, I don't know, somewhere between 40 to 20% of the volume right now is the XTX, and that's the one everyone wants. I don't think yeah. it's a big surprise that's sold out. Um, it, it is interesting because I would, uh, because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm of two minds about the RDNA 3 launch. On the one hand, you know, I, I think AMD wanted this to be better. There's no way around it. RDNA 3 was intended to be stronger than this. At least eventually, who knows, maybe they'll have, you know, a fixed version, an overclocked version come out. I think they probably will. But at a minimum, I really think something clearly has gone wrong with the performance. Having said that, on paper, it's a 300 millimeter squared die competing with a, you know, 390 millimeter squared 4 nanometer yeah. Lovelace mm-hmm. 4080. I think that's it's it the cost to make it's probably pretty close to a 4080. So all you yeah. can say is even if it didn't pan out, I'm sure as well as AMD wanted it to, it isn't, you know, it is competing with what it should based yeah. on its size, right? Well, well, here's the thing, right? What I just talked about about Nvidia going from Samsung 8 to uh, TSMC 5. It's not like AMD didn't know that that was going to happen. I mean, surely they've sat around the table, they've analyzed it and said, NVIDIA are going to get massive power. Uh, they're going to claw back a load of power on this. They're going to increase clock speeds. And then they're always going to have the option of launching the top-end chip first. Mm-hmm. How can AMD possibly beat that, moving from 7 nanometers to 5 nanometers with what is basically a 418 uh, millimeter square chip. That's what it would be if, if this was an entire monolithic chip. It would be about mm-hmm. 480. 
And yet they were only getting that small increase from 7 to 5. Whereas NVIDIA were moving from 8 to 5 and holding back, well, always having the, the there's always a likelihood that they could launch this 600 square, mil, uh, square millimeter chip. When was the last time NVIDIA didn't have a chip that size? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've always had 600 plus. How is AMD supposed to compete with this? And yet, if you look at it, they're only 25% behind. Like, People are uh, upset with XTX, right? And But if you compare, Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that no matter if a better thing comes out, if the drivers improve, if a stronger yeah. card comes out, AMD lied about its performance just straight up. Like yeah. they, which was crazy when they've been so honest with the previous pre-release information. For, that's what really angered me yesterday. So it's just like, but you did lie though. You just completely lied. And Between I don't think they needed to. percent is what they said. Uh, I analyzed it and I said that I would go err on the side of caution in like a video, a couple of videos ago. And I went for the 55% faster mark. Uh, <laughs> that's about what I thought. I think I thought 58. Yeah. You know, something like uh, that. And it looks like they've maybe hit about 40% if that. Um, here's the thing, though. It still ended up around about where I thought it would be relative to the 4090. The big mm. problem here for AMD was the 4080 performed better than I think anyone was expecting. I mean, if you mm. look at the, the shader count compared to the, the 4090, it's down, what, about 70% or something? How is that mm -hmm. card only, like... 30% behind. It didn't really, that didn't add up to me. Uh, I will say though, well, I guess, yeah, I think it's like 30% behind, but if you go the other way and so, uh, it's like the 4090 is like 35% better. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I guess actually to add on to what you're saying, the only thing I could suggest is a NVIDIA has talked about this. The CUDA cores in the 49, the 8102 die that the 4090 uses are closer together. They intentionally made them denser packed cores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, because it was more of a compute focused top chip, and they always intended to cut it down. Yeah. is what they say, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I think it surprised everyone the forty eighties performance. Certainly me, uh, and I did say in the video that I expect uh, the XTX to come in between the forty ninety and the forty eighty. Now, sadly, it is a lot mm -hmm. closer to the forty eighty, but my analysis of that was off simply because the 4080 was so much faster than what I expected. It's come in about 20, the 4090 is about 29, sorry, 25% faster than the XTX. That's what I analyzed it as after uh, AMD's uh, reveal. And that's when I thought, well, you know, if they do have a larger chip next year, they can certainly put this to the sword easily. Um, but then the 4080 is 15% faster than I expected it to be. I mean, that's how much mm. faster that card was. So I think a lot of the problem is AMD probably expected the 4080 to be a bit further behind than what it ended up. And I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of AMD fans probably thought that. So it looks disappointing. The XTX looks disappointing when you compare it to the 4080. But if you compare it to the 4090, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah, NVIDIA 25% well, faster with a 25% larger die size or something like that. You know, in terms of like the competition between the companies, it has never been closer. Since, not since probably Hawaii launched like the, uh, the 290 and the 290X in 2015. This is a close, this is as close as both companies have been on like a tech level uh, since that well, time, I would say.
So, but the thing is, though, then the 4090 also has all these other things, though. It's like, if we're talking raw raster, yes, but in some of these ray tracing benchmarks, it's a complete bloodbath. Yeah. Like, to a point that, again, it's almost like something's wrong here. Like, I don't understand what's going on with AMD. But if you consider that it is basically double the chip, then, you know, if you double AMD's ray tracing performance right now, it would look pretty, it would be pretty close. I mean, it's still going to lose. But they would win in stuff like Far Cry. And- no, I, I do agree, though. I think um, I think that at a minimum, though, you can't really say that it's a it's it's a utter failure in like terms of what they've gotten out of the silicon. I think it's just clearly, which is so funny, right? I think it's I, like I'm trying to remember what I said, and someone brought this up on the Discord or something. Like they're like the the amount of silicon on the 7900 XTX suggests it should be like 40% better or whatever it was, you know, than the 4080 and it's only like 10%. I'm like, yeah, half of that silicon six nanometer, man. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Like, come on. Like, they still are like at a pretty bit notable node disadvantage here. And yet they've managed to, you know, like you're saying, get that close. I just, again, I think it's obvious they thought it would be better, though, like from their marketing, from... And, and you know, this is where I just say, from what they told me, I mean, my, my best, one of my best Lovelace performance uh, leaks came from their estimations within AMD based on what they knew <laughs> about what NVIDIA was okay. making. I think you're aware that, like, some of your best Intel or AMD leaks have come from the competition. Yeah. Like, yeah, for this sure. happens. And when they told me this a year ago, these are the same people who um, like got me Bergamo code names, accurate Lovelace performance. They said, we think we're going to beat them. They really thought they were going to be, I would say, they thought at a minimum they were going to be 50% better than a 6900 XT. But then when Vcash came around, they said, I think, you know, they thought they were going to be 80% better. And something I think, clearly went wrong then right because in the past month it's gone kind of like oh never mind we're not sure what's going on anymore and i don't know i I, it's kind of it's hard to balance this thing of like on the one hand i think it's clear amd has a successful future still on the other hand i really think they botched what this launch is i think their future is fine I th- and I, you know, there's already people probably going as AMD screwed. I don't think so, but I really do think they've screwed up a few things here. Well, what I will say is, as I just mentioned, uh, Nvidia moving from eight to five and using the largest GPU, and I asked myself why, and the simple answer to that now is they had to because the 4080 103 cannot beat the XTX. So NVIDIA had to launch their biggest graphics card, the biggest chip, or they would have lost this generation already. Yeah, And there's the answer to why they did, because they had to. Um, now, I can believe that AMD thought that they would beat NVIDIA had NVIDIA launched AD103, because they would have won that one. And yes, I do think there is maybe one or two bugs in RDNA 3 that need to be ironed out. Uh, I think the way that they've launched the cards with the reference <laughs> cooler, we'll get to that in a, yeah. in a bit, yeah? Because obviously you and I have seen something very, very interesting uh, today uh, regarding uh, the X. What these cards are really capable of. But yeah, yeah, I think let's keep going on with the future stuff first. 
Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, I think Nvidia had to launch. Well, they did have to launch that, you know, that that chip. So they've they've known something, obviously. Uh, whether or not AMD realistically believed that they could beat AD one hundred two, I just I just can't. Uh, even with chiplets, I just don't see they've not got enough, they're not throwing enough silicon at this problem. Yeah. To well, remember though, nice. they can uh, they can go up to one hundred and ninety two megabytes of inf- of cache by yeah. stacking another 96 yeah. and i mean that takes design time design costs and you have to do stuff to get that to support it and they haven't done that yet no. so it almost feels like they realized oh it's not performing like we thought it would so we're also not going to add that extra silicon for yeah. cache because it's just not going to be able to utilize it so i do think it's clear though they could have they literally could have had a better version of this out today if they I assume, right? They they could have put more Vcash, they could have clocked it faster, but clearly something's off where they don't think it's worth it yet. Yeah. This holiday season, I was conscripted by my girlfriend's family to build her sister her first gaming PC. And I'm pretty excited about how it is turning out with an i5-12600K, RX 6700 10GB, and of course, Windows 11 Professional that was bought from cdkeyoffer.com for a reasonable price. This piece of content is brought to you by cdkeyoffer.com and their Christmas sales event. cdkeyoffer.com is a long-term sponsor of Moore's Laws Dead for a reason. They've been good to me, my friends, my family, and of course the entire Moore's Laws Dead community for years. And honestly, they're just easy to work with and they keep reliably providing me and everyone I know with a product that I honestly think PC gaming needs fair pricing on Microsoft software and other products. And that includes Microsoft Office Professional 2021 that I'm excited to surprise my girlfriend's sister with the knowledge that her PC will come pre-installed with Microsoft Office 2021 Professional. And it's because it wasn't that expensive to get from cdkeyoffer.com. If you need reasonable pricing on Microsoft software this holiday season, and I would assume anyone building a PC this Christmas does, then make sure you use offer code Broken Silicon for 25% off software, Moore's Law for 10% off physical products that they sell from their website now, and Die Shrink for 3% off everything else. Using these offer codes really does help Moore's Law is dead a lot, and it helps you save money. Go to cdkeyoffer.com today. Well, uh, one of the leaks uh, I talked about over at Astronomics, uh, apparently, who is, I mean, is it Sky Juice or whatever? He's got some good Twitter, yeah. He's getting some really, really good information. Uh, and his information on that was it wasn't worth, you know, the cost, the cost benefit analysis just wasn't there. Uh, and well, I guess we might as well talk about what we we saw over at Tech Power Up and their um, Asus Tough uh, XTX review. Clearly, there's an awful Well, yeah, lot so just to with. recap here, like, this was something I always heard too. That a, what I always heard is a certain level of performance, and AMD was considering pushing the cards to like 400 watts. Lately, they mostly were talking about efficiency, and that's really only going to use a little more energy than last gen, which yeah. has happened with the 355 watt card. But I always heard no, but it can still hit three gigahertz. There's been a lot of arguing online. Oh, is there a clock speed flaw? And, people told me, well, there's flaws, but it's not clock speed. It hits three gigahertz, and yeah. well. Today, as of the day we're recording, 
Tech Power Up put out an overclocking benchmark that shows 3.2 gigahertz yep. and a 10 to 15% performance gain on models that I don't even think are the top models yet. I know Sapphire's got like a 420 watt model coming out or something. So it seems obvious that if AMD wanted to, they could have gotten really close to the 4090 well, if they were willing to use like 400 watts, but they just didn't. Just look at that, um, the benchmark that Tech Power Up showed, uh, showing, um, was it control? No, sorry, it was Cyberpunk, was it? Cyberpunk mm-hmm. 2077? where it essentially ties the 4090. Now, RDNA3 is actually doing quite well in Cyberpunk, but still, Mm -hmm. they are basically tied with the 4090 with an overclocked XTX at 3.2 gigahertz. Mm -hmm. And, and, they're still slightly less power than that. Now, normally when you overclock a card to that sort of extent, the power Mm -hmm. just runs away. I was, I was expecting maybe 500 watts or something like that crazy when you overclock these things. But it's still less power for very, very slightly less performance than the 4090. So the silicon must be pretty good. Which brings me well, back to the point that you mentioned as well. Why did AMD launch this reference uh, cooler, which is like 2.5 gigahertz, mm-hmm. when, when there is so much more capable in the silicon? I have asked myself this question for years now. Why does AMD keep doing this? You've got to remember, though, they have actually really have, like, I mean, it's a good-looking shroud. It's a triple fan. It's not one of those dumb blowers. And it's capable of 355 watts uh, dissipation or, or whatever, 300 watts dissipation. So they have ramped up their game. The thing is, NVIDIA are just ramping up more and more all the time. These founder editions, these are actual good cards. I mean, mm-hmm. you would never buy an XTX reference edition. Let's be honest. You just wouldn't do it. Yeah. But you'd happily buy a Founders edition, NVIDIA. Because yeah, they're it, sought after because they are higher quality. Yeah, exactly. So this is the problem AMD has had here. They could easily have launched a 3 gigahertz XTX reference had they had NVIDIA's uh, Founders edition shroud to stick on top of it. Yeah. And that would have been their reference at 3 gigahertz. And it mm-hmm. would have been maybe 10%, 5 10% slower than the 4090, and people would be losing their minds at $1,000, yeah? Yeah. So, which another thing, I guess, look at the prices. I mean, the 4080 surprised me with its performance, but I didn't actually realize just how out to lunch that $1,200 was until I saw Oh, it. I hated the 4080 when I reviewed it. I'm like, this is just such a hilariously silly card to get. I can't figure it out. $1,200. I mean, the thing is, we saw that thing, like, uh, I think Video Cards uh, released a slide showing, like, the price of the the, the, the 1080 and then the, the 2080 mm-hmm. and then the 3080, and then all of a sudden you're paying another 600 or $500. That's less 4080. It made no sense. Uh, so the pricing is just shockingly bad there. But now AMD, with their mid-range card, is coming out like, okay, it's faster than the 4080, slightly faster in raster and more slower in ray tracing. But to even think that $200 less is like a good deal. And yeah, sure, they're selling out right now. But $1,000 for that card. That is just completely out to lunch. And AMD had a, a really, really mm-hmm. good chance here. They could have charged seven, 700 bucks for that card, yeah? People would be losing their minds in that again. And AMD would be making money. 
and they would be selling more cards and they'd be gaining mindshare. But instead, at $1,000, people are actually now saying the 4080 looks like good value. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I don't know how they do this because, like, I from my understanding, you know, do with it what you will. What's going on right now is, and I actually got this uh, from someone while I was recording my video last night, responding to the release. Like, I was told out of nowhere they're expecting the driver team at Radeon to work over the holidays. Yeah. Like, they do not like what's happened. They are going to work around the clock to try to fix some of these bizarrely inconsistent performance like you know there is a performance issue whether it's drivers or some hardware flaw when you have benchmarks where the 61 teraflop 7900 xt is 5% better than the 6950 xt yeah. like something is wrong here guys and they're going to try to fix it but you know what i what, what i read into this pricing and naming is they're not 100% sure how much they can fix it because if they were, they would have launched what they're calling the six, the 7900 XT. They would have called it the 7800 and made it like 650 and they would have called the other one the 7800 XT and made it, you know, I don't know, like 800. And then they would have had like a $1,200 7900 XT that goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with the 4090 if they were sure they could do it. And they would have took a ton of mind share if they did that, but I just feel like Number one, they aren't quite sure how much performance they're going to scrape back when they fix whatever's going on right now. And number two, I don't know. They're just so indecisive. It's like they knew they had them on price. We know, and speaking of Anxtronomics, I've said this, he said this, the Navi 31 configuration costs substantially less to make than the 4090, possibly yeah. the same or less than a 4080. They could have just won on pricing, but it's like they didn't know what they wanted to do and now they've launched these cards that are 10% weaker than they need to be with dumb naming at prices that we know is maybe better than what Nvidia is doing but is it you know it's they really could have had such a, a a big win here because the technology itself is impressive and it's just so frustrating now one of the one of the problems with having lower prices like I just suggested had the XTX cost $700. Yeah, we'd all be losing our minds on, uh, over it. However, then underneath that, you've got your 7800 XTX, which would have to cost about $400. Uh, whereas they're going to probably want to charge $650, $700 for the 7800 XT. Um, and that's one of the problems with lowering prices. You've got to lower everything below it. And... I believe that Navi 32, the 7800 XT or XTX, whatever they call it, is mm. going to be a very, very nice card because, yeah, you can stick a 300-watt cooler on that and it will probably be 3 gigahertz plus out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. And it will well, be let me, very Well, let me bad. jump in here then, right? Because Billy Mays writes in, oh, wow, and he says, hello, Tom and Jim. On Broken Silicon 182, Tom mentioned that he thought Navi 32 if it was used in the 7800 XT, should be able to beat the 4080 12 gigabyte that is now going to become the 4070 Ti. Yeah. After the launch of Navi 31, do you still feel this way? Because I must admit that, well, I don't think this lineup is a disaster. I'm still a bit disappointed and my expectations have dropped across the board. And I sent you this before we started uh, recording. I actually like looked at where Navi 32 should fall, you know, based on what is it like 3840 stream processors yeah. 256 bit instead of 384 bit and i concluded just kind of averaging out the bandwidth and teraflops difference that 
honestly, like I, I think that even if it was at like the same clock speed, same RAM, I think this should be, you know, do the math. It's like two thirds. Yeah. I think it's sh- of a 7900 XTX. I think it still comes around a 3080. And the, uh, if they okay, use, yeah. if they can, if they can have it at 3.2 gigahertz or even just three yeah. gigahertz, like if they can keep it there with a 300 watt cooler or even 250 watt, let's be honest. And they can give it even faster memory, which 24 gigabits on the market. I see no reason why this couldn't perform. I think, what did I estimate it around a 3090? Like maybe like 10 to 20% worse than the, uh, and that's still because of how badly priced Lovelace is. I think that still puts it about at a 4070 Ti or a little higher in performance. It wouldn't be far on behind. average. Yeah, it wouldn't be far behind. I mean, I now would fully expect three gigahertz from that card, uh, at, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. And there's rumors that's going to happen. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the AMD slide makes sense when it said that architected to exceed three gigahertz. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a sort of a. This is the segment that I would typically buy. You know, I would always buy the mid-range or the card below rather than buying the, the total top end for, for various reasons. Simply put, I am not going to spend 1600 bucks on a graphics card of any description. Um, but also, I don't want that amount of power in my PC. I just don't want the heat heating up my room uh, and the noise. So I always built, uh, bought the the mid-range, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of, the, the lines are blurred slightly now. But yeah, I would expect uh, the 7800 XTX would be the card that I would be most interested in. Um, it will perform pretty close, I think, to the 4070 Ti. Uh, mm-hmm. I think be, even in a worst-case scenario, it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, it'll be pretty close. The problem is 700 bucks for that? I just don't think that I want right. to pay 700 for that. Up. Because yeah. that's what they're going to do, right? It's going to be a seven hundred dollar, yeah. If we're lucky, <laughs> uh, I mean, looking at the seventy nine hundred XT non X at nine hundred bucks, I just what? I don't get that. That makes no sense to me. Looking at the benchmarks, why is this only a hundred bucks cheaper? Unless they're trying to, you know, make the you know, because they but have a gap. The volumes the XT like an overwhelming majority of it, so. Doesn't seem completely like an upsell, unlike with the 4090, where they have shipped more 4090s than 4080s. Yeah. You could argue the 4080 is provably an upsell to the 4090, but if yeah. they're shipping, like, if two thirds of the shipments for Navi 31 are the weaker card, it is bizarre to me that it isn't at least $800. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, because obviously, um, Navi 31, uh, the XTX is the entire die. Yeah. So there's like, there's no, we're not cutting that down. And it must be cherry-picked dies to a certain extent, obviously, because obviously there, there is a power problem there uh, that AMD seem to have, like pretty high power. This is the one and mm. only disappointment for me for uh, Navi 31 is the mm. power that it's drawing. They said it would have a 54% efficiency increase. No. I'm not seeing it, AMD. <laughs> I no, don't know where like that it. is. Like something's wrong here. But if the... 7800 XTX is 54% more power efficient, then they can then say, well, no, we didn't right. lie because we meant this card instead, uh, which is what I think they'll do. Uh, especially, if, yeah, it comes in at 3 gigahertz. It's close. It's going to be close to the 4812 gigabyte or the 4070 Ti. Um, probably cost 100 bucks less or something like that, depending on what NVIDIA think they can get away with. Uh, it'll be a good card, but I think it's still... I just, I just don't like these prices. I just can't get my head around 
how much graphics cards have increased in price over the, the last five years or so. It's just it's just got silly. Like almost double the cost. 1080 Ti was $699, wasn't it? $700 or something for a Yeah, TV. it was. Yeah. And even then we thought, you know, th- these prices are just getting a little bit high now. But then with Turing, it just went insane. And then AMD followed with, uh, basically they followed with Navi. Um, I mean, well, you know, actually, let me let me make this argument to you because uh, I've said it on my podcast before, but I, I haven't uh, talked to you about it. I actually make the argument that Lovelace, although the 4080 is absurd, they clearly, some someone, I don't know what they were thinking, I and mean, they can't sell the thing. Yeah. I'm not surprised. But Good. I would I would make the, oh, yeah, I know, thank God, because yeah. I think you would agree, me and you just assume everything will sell. Um I think that there's an argument to be made that really what we're seeing out of NVIDIA is the worst of everything they've done before at the same time. Yeah. But it's really nothing new. I mean, the 680 was a 104 die for 500. And there were people that complained a decade ago about that. And then they launched the, you know, if we're not talking about a second gen of Kepler, let's just skip right ahead. So that's $500 for the 104 die with Kepler. They moved to Maxwell. Now it's Five fifty dollars yeah. for the one hundred four die with Maxwell. Let's move to Pascal. Now it's seven hundred dollars yeah. for the one hundred four die with Pascal. Now let's move to Turing. Now it's eight hundred dollars for the one hundred four die. And now we move to Ampere. That's kind of a fluke because they were using a cheaper yeah, node cheaper that it issues. Yeah. But now move to now twelve hundred. I would make the argument the biggest perf. I, I I actually looked into this. The biggest increase was Pascal. Everyone lost their fucking minds over <laughs> yeah. a seven hundred dollar one hundred four yeah. die. And I and people get mad at me when I point this out, but I'm just everyone bought the ten eighty for seven hundred. So yeah. that's why we have a twelve hundred dollar forty eighty. If you especially if you adjust for inflation, like this is just a linear straight line to twelve hundred dollars. Yes. They were always trying to get there. Yeah, I mean, luckily it's not selling or it appears not to be selling. Uh, so mm-hmm. obviously their own, you know, their own buyers have said, you know, this is enough and it is enough because, you know, this is how people buy. People who are looking at the 4080 probably had a 2080 or a 1080 more lately. They had a 1080, which, yeah, mm-hmm. they paid 700, maybe 800 bucks for, but they're now being asked to pay another 50% on top of that, you know? And yeah, it's maybe three, four years later, but people still remember what they paid for that graphics card. And, uh, and you know, their wage, no, nobody's wages have gone up by 50% in the past like five years, but the cost of the graphics cards have. Uh, well, you know. yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, on the last Broken Silicon with my co-host, Dan, someone asked a question about inflation, or it was either that or Dyshrink, I can't remember. And they said, you know, because of inflation, do you think this is this and this is acceptable? And Dan said, you know, I don't think anyone says, you know, my chicken costs 30% more. That means the 4080 can cost more. <laughs> I think, in fact, it probably means the opposite. They're like, I'm not going to be able to afford a 4080. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because nobody's wages went up by 30% either. Uh, I mean, sure, everything is getting more and more expensive. The new nodes are more and more expensive. But when, they, when they're telling us that the reason these cards cost so much is because of the cost of the node, it's just nonsense, yeah? You just need to look at their bottom line and see that both companies are now making a fortune. Yeah, even right. I I can accept like the high end used to be five hundred. I can accept it being seven or eight hundred. I can accept the insane, you know, liquid cooled ultra pushed forty ninety being like a twelve hundred or something. But when you make the forty eighty twelve hundred dollars, 
it's not yeah. 700. <laughs> yeah, it's completely, no. it's completely in a different market segment. Uh, and it's out of the reach of many people. I mean, I never really liked looking at NVIDIA launching the Titans and stuff and the price is going to 1500 yeah. 2000 But at least it was the high end. This was the very best of the very best that you could get. And I wasn't buying it anyway. So, <laughs> but now that I am actually you know, finding myself in this situation where as a mid-range buyer, and I'm looking at the pricing going up the same way, it's, go- it's gone the same way. Mm. You know, how long, if NVIDIA get away with selling 4080s at 1200 bucks, then you know, the 5080 is going to be 1500 bucks. They're not going to go But they didn't, right? I think what we're learning is that as much as you can and I, let's be honest, they probably should have charged two grand for the 4090. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, they should have done. As much as we're learning, they can totally have a card that's 15 to 2,000 as long as it does something that makes it special, which the performance is absurd with the 4090, I would say. Okay, but I think it's clear that it's going to be hard to get consumers to accept the high end being over a grand and the mid range being over like 600, but they're still trying to. I, would you agree that it seems like we're finding the limits though? Like, even if people accept the flagship being two grand, they're just not going to accept the mid range being a thousand. I mean, in the end, it comes down to how many wafers and how many chips that they're going to uh, be you know, making and then how many cards that they're hoping to sell. Uh, if if the 4080 doesn't sell, yeah, they're going to have to drop prices. There's already been talk of, of like small price drops, nothing mm-hmm. dramatic. Uh, looking at the XTX, NVIDIA probably thinks that they don't need to drop prices. <laughs> Thank you, guys, right? It, it just depends like how much of the dies they'll send a laptop, how much of the capacity they can just go, oh, we'll just switch all capacity to the 4090 and how much they care about how much stock's sitting on shelves. I would argue they have no reason to cut the price until the existing shipments of the 4080 sell out. They can wait months for that to happen. Well, that's another thing. This is how graphics cards are released now. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, early access on Steam kind of thing. Yeah, the launch in such low volume, you're very lucky to get hold of one. Demand is massive. And this has been for every card apart from the 4080. So I think, yeah, maybe now this is finally NVIDIA buyers saying, absolutely not. I am not. There is a limit. Yeah. Yeah. Like even Polaris, if you'll remember, the RX 480 sold out. That was hard to get for like a week or so. Like it's it's usual things sell out at first. It's weird this didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. We talked about the downturn in PC and how the market's cratered, which is obviously not helping. People are holding on to their money for obvious reasons. Uh, so maybe you know Nvidia possibly misread that as well, because honestly, twelve hundred bucks for a forty eighty? Uh, nah, I just don't think so. Absolutely not. Let me ask you this: Where do you think the forty seventy Ti is going to be? Assuming it is literally just the 4080 12 gigabyte, because I think there's some people suggesting $900. What I'm told, NVIDIA has not decided the price yet, at least not as of like last week, I guess I haven't asked today, because um, I do think they were waiting to see what happens with RDNA 3 before deciding the price. Ob- like That's common sense, but it's coming out January 5th. Like, do you think it's 800? And I think it's like, what, the 25, 30% weaker than the 4080? Puts it around a 3080 Ti or something. Do you think they're going to do 800? It's just going to, the, it's going to lose to the XT though, yeah. So the 1700 mm-hmm. XT is just going to be that little bit faster, I think. Uh, which, I guess, it, it kind of mean, means that it has to be about 800. 
I think. It's kind of what my gut says is if they make it 800, they can say, well, you know, we're within like 10%. Sure, we have almost half the RAM, but uh, <laughs> it's $800. And uh, do you think it'll sell at 800 though? Because I still sit here and I go, you know, they tried to make it 900. Now maybe they'll try to make it 800. I think at 900, it, it sells as badly as the 4080. Yeah. I don't see who's, and I've seen people argue with me and I'm like, I just, they unlaunched it because if they actually kept 900, the amount of tone deafness they would appear to have of like, it'd be such a, I, I really think 900, no one buys it. I, I suspect 800 isn't going to be a big seller either. I think it has to be 750. I, if I was NVIDIA and I wanted to move them, that's where I'd just put it barely where I think it will move. And I think 700 or lower would actually sell. See, the big problem is we simply don't know how much product they're going to have. I mean, how's... How, how is this ramp going at TSMC 5 nanometers? How many wafers have they bought? You know, they bought more than before. So they, they have an absurd, they, yeah, they have an absurd. The, Lovelace was an architecture designed for a booming market where everything you make sells. It's expensive to make. They bought up a bunch of TSMC capacity. So it's sitting there. They yeah. have to do something with it. Now, the thing is, the 104 die, you can shift to laptop though, right? If you need to. Yeah. But, I I do know that they have a ton of volume on uh, eventually, maybe not at launch, but it's they've bought this capacity. You know, sooner or later, it's gonna it's gonna be seen in the financials. Yeah, if they're not mm -hmm. selling, they need to drop prices. It's that simple, which is gonna cut their margins a bit. Um, maybe you know their shareholders will look at it and say, "Well, we're in the middle of a really bad period for the PC." But Nvidia has you know quarter after quarter after quarter they just reeled the money in more and more and more and more and more and then it just came to a crashing halt last quarter for them uh down like a billion dollars or something like in in gaming and obviously one of, one of the reasons for that is the you know the ass fell out of the mining market now there's no mining market worth mm -hmm. anything um so oh i know when i see these miners say i'm gonna hold on to my cards until the next bull run i'm like Okay, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, even if there is another one, which there certainly eventually could be, what if that's in five years? You really think people are going to buy your 3070 no. <laughs> for MSRP in five years, even if there is a new shit going to mine? I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's just denial. Look like the mining ship has sailed for the foreseeable future, I would say, at least. So, mm -hmm. yeah, NVIDIA's losing a lot of money on that. And it looks like the have felt that the only way to make that money back is on gamers at mm -hmm. higher prices. In the end, I mean, look, they're right to try it, I guess. You can say they might as well try. But in the <laughs> end, they, they need to react to how, how the cards are selling. And if they're not selling, they're going to need to drop the prices. Uh, I think AMD will drop prices on the XTX and the XT before too long. I think that $1,000 for that is just too much. And certainly 900 for the XT makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, if NVIDIA drops prices a little bit, then I think AMD will need to drop as well. Yeah, I think maybe that's what AMD is waiting for too. Like for NVIDIA to make the first move with the 4080 because yeah. AMD certainly has room to drop prices. Uh, these the, the AMD's chiplets, the, the, the deals they have going with TSMC, they really have a pricing advantage right now versus yeah. their competition. Um, but I guess, yeah, so I think none of that's going to happen in the next month, though. I think we need to understand that, like, what they've shipped has shipped. You know, Chinese New Year's coming, that's going to shut down factories. I think both companies are likely to be in a holding pattern for a couple months. 
And then if the sales really do fall off a cliff after the holiday season, that's when they sit down, look at competition, the reviews, the volume that they have left to sell. And that's when they're going to do a comprehensive push. I don't think it's going to be like a, oh, we don't know. I guess we'll drop the price 50 bucks here. I think they're going to say, oh, we know this is our issue. All right, we're launching this card. We're dropping the price on this card. We're doing this new big driver initiative. Here comes the FSR3 marketing blitz. Like, I think they're both going to probably do that around February. That's kind of my suspicion. But that's when they'll do it. Like, they can't drop the price quite yet. It would be ridiculous, I think. I guess on a kind of similar topic, CES is coming up, obviously, uh, Mm -hmm. next month. What what's being launched the CES <laughs> because uh, they've just launched the RDNA uh, uh, sorry RDNA three they launched Zen four what was that October I mean what's what's really coming up at CES normally this close to the year they would have held off yeah they would have held off oh, RDNA I know and it is there are two things there but I want to answer your question directly but let me say this number one I think AMD want should have launched RDNA 3 next year I, I think what they've done with this weird bizarre delayed launch with driver issues I it rem, it honestly reminds me of the other 7000 series the 7970 that they like did a controlled paper launch end of December and it was really out in January because the drivers weren't ready yeah for some reason they didn't do that this time and now they've shot themselves in the foot and I know NVIDIA is launching the 4070 Ti January 5th. So that's CES. And I think they're doing it January 5th because they waited as long as possible to not ship these warehouses of dies they have. <laughs> and the amount of people that are mad about this, by the way, like I'm told two things. Number one, reviewers are furious because they're like, so the day I get back from New Year's Eve, I've got to cram this stupid review. And then number two, AIBs are furious because they're paying to ship the cards, which is going to go into their financials, but they're yeah. not going to get the revenue until the next. Ah, so I know yeah. one launches things in the beginning of January. Yeah. You do it first half of December at the latest, and then you wait till February. Yeah. And so it's a weird CES. We're going to have the 4070 Ti, AMD Phoenix, which I think is going to be the star of the show. And then we're also going to have the i9KS. Um, I'm trying to remember, and they'll show off Raptor Lake Mobile, you know, I'm yeah. sure too. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think if there's anything. And then, you know, I, I would imagine there's going to be some server stuff they show off. They'll probably make a big deal about Sapphire Rapids in uh, Genoa as well. Yeah. Oh, the, the wild card is if AMD reveals X3D yet. Yeah. Um, which I also hear the non X launches January 3rd. I don't even know if I've said that publicly. So all of that. So I actually think this is going to be like the most packed January. Yeah. I think I've ever seen actually. Well, it's good, I guess, uh, from my perspective, it's, as you said uh, at the beginning of the uh, the program, <laughs> I've been releasing a few more videos. Uh, I had hoped to have one or two out like this month as well, but you know things got in the way of it. And then I knew that obviously RDNA three is coming. I will be releasing at least one, probably two, maybe even three videos on that. Uh, but it's always good for us guys at least to have like plenty to talk about. So I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I finished a video at like two a.m. yesterday. <laughs> Now I'm recording a podcast and I've got like three more videos I'm going to try to get out. And then it's like, I think I'm just going to hibernate for two weeks before <laughs> I pop up and January is going to be, I, I don't see it slowing down, I guess is what I'm saying. The yeah. news here. Well, I'm, I'm at the stage where I'm basically making the spreadsheets based on like the results. And the, one of the things is uh, about the XTX, I have had a look at maybe 10 websites, you know, I don't, I, I just don't really see why people are so upset with this. I guess. And um, I'm looking at it, obviously, from an architectural standpoint, which is what I tend to do as well. 
the pricing thing, obviously we talked about that. I, neither of us like the prices, but mm. uh, I really, really like our DNA 3 for a bunch of reasons. I think it, I think it's going to be great next year. Yeah, or RDNA 4 is likely to be extremely good uh, based on what I can see of this. So, I mean, yeah, people are upset that it didn't beat the 4 to 80 by that much, but you know what? It's <laughs> By it, as much as they said it would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by as much as they said it would. I guess that, that part there hasn't helped either. Uh, the fact that they did but miss... For me, that really is what it comes down to, is it's like... No, and I said this in my video last night, like, I don't think any reasonable person looks at a list of benchmarks, the lowest one you have is times 1.5, and the average is lower, like, notably lower than that. Yeah. No, because there will be some people, you know, on Twitter that are like, I knew it the whole time, and it's like, well, if you're right about this, and you've been wrong about everything else that's happened in the past two years, because they straight up lied to us, like yeah. no reasonable person should have looked at that chart, especially after how honest they've been with the previous releases and said, that's what's going to happen. I mean, we just had Zen 4 with people hating on the greater than 15% thing. Yeah. And I remember going, they said greater than 15%, knowing AMD, they're just sandbagging. It'll be like 20 something. And yeah. it was, that didn't happen this time. And it's no. just shocking like yeah. how much it is off from what they said right and and i and again i think it's also like i knew they were trying to double performance but then at the same time there are also people on twitter saying they were going to quadruple performance which i don't think you need a source of amd to know that was never the target <laughs> <laughs> no but people believe that so you have these people seeing all these rumors and some of them were saying truly outlandish things and then amd it didn't back up the times for rumors, but they basically said they were going to hit the performance I said they would, and then they didn't. I think I I I was mad personally, yeah. and I There's totally understand There's why people, people were mad. There's a lot people on Twitter that are pretty mad about it. I mean, I, I see some of the leakers are really getting pretty mad and they're having a real go at AMD for it. Here's the interesting thing, right, from my perspective, because I have been paying so little attention to it, this time around I have basically got no skin in this game yeah so i was able <laughs> right. to just sit back and look at it and like look at it logically um and yeah i mean i said 20 25 slower than the or, or the, the 40 90 would be 20 percent faster it's probably 25 percent faster i didn't miss by that much it depends you know like linus tech tips found it 17 percent. i think it's not unfair to say 20 it's yeah. between 15 to 25 you know maybe uh, on average a little above 20 i'd say I mean, before we saw the reveal, we, the only thing we had to go on with these three gigahertz clock speed rumors and the fact that they had more than yeah. doubled shader count, you literally got no idea where this card could end up. It could be anywhere. They have 67% more bandwidth over the 6950 XT as well. That's another point I made. Like, So let me get this straight. Their goal was to 2.5x teraflops, 67% more bandwidth, and get a 35% performance increase. I think, again... They have benchmarks where it's tying the 6950 XT. I don't know. I think it's obvious that they, they were hoping for way better than I mean, this. It all comes down to this, like, this double-pumped uh, shaders thing that they've done, yeah. Uh, and sharing of resources, as I mentioned in a, a recent video. Whenever I hear the word shared resources, I always think, you know, go back to Bulldozer and how bad that was. Uh, I think that's where the problem is going to be. If, if it's underperforming relative to the 6950 XT, in a, in a game or two, it's simply because they are not getting this full shader utilization out there. 
I don't know if this is right, but you know, we saw this happen with Ampere, where they doubled doubled the yeah. Cuda core count. Yeah, and they didn't but, get anywhere near the, the same results. But they did get like a 30 to 50% increase per SM, and AMD seems to have gotten 5% increase per SM. <laughs> like, this is shocking. Like, I don't, and no one thought it would be worse than Ampere's increase per. I mean, Ampere, sorry, uh, Lovelace is basically just Ampere on a better node, yeah, and more shaders. That's all it is. With yeah. unlimited L2 cache. Yeah, with a, a bunch of L2, yeah. Um, which I don't know if it's even doing a, a huge amount for it, in all honesty. I mean, yeah, NVIDIA got 55% faster than the 3090 Ti. 55% is more than we've been getting recently, yeah, for, for sure. Um, but again, 8 nanometers to 5 nanometers, they're getting higher clock speeds, and yeah, they ramped up the shader count again. So I can only really think that that's... I would actually, I expected more from the 4090, which might shock some people, mm. but just based on what I had done. Oh, it's about exactly what I expected, which is to say about double a 3090, 55 to 65% better than a 3090 Ti. And you can find benchmarks where it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, this was always about square where I expected it. Um, I don't know. If, I don't even think it was at the lower end. I think it was pretty much square in the middle of what I expected. Well, it, the rasterization was maybe slowly below the median I expected, Yeah, but the ray tracing was above what I expected. Yeah. Depending on the ray tracing, obviously, yeah. it varies a lot. I mean, there's no doubt about it. 4090, it's a beast of a card. 4K ray tracing is, is now absolutely viable. Yeah, um, I just sort of, yeah, I expected more than raster from it. Uh, which, going back to your previous point, is why I simply cannot believe that AMD even thought for a minute that this <laughs> 300 square millimeter chip was going to be good enough. I just don't, I just can't see how they would have analyzed it that way. I, I was told about a presentation where they were like, this is Radeon's Matisse, you know, Zen 2 moment. On paper, and like, on paper, it could have been 20, 30% faster than the 4090, yeah? Had everything. You know, had these shaders really worked like Navi 21s, um, yeah, there's no doubt about it. On paper, it could have been that that good, but... There's the occasional benchmark where it does beat the 4090, so yeah, there that's is always... that as well, yeah. So and you, you almost wonder if, like, they saw some testing and they're like, oh, we're going to do it. And then uh, uh, this happens, you know, a month or two before launch, they're like, oh, we're not going to do it on average, actually. There's a handful of games, maybe three or four games that I've seen where it beats the... And let, just let me get out of the way that these are all AMD sponsored titles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that as well. Um, but then again, how many titles have, has NVIDIA sponsored recently? Yeah, the ray tracing ones, that's a huge issue. Yeah. It's like when people are like, what do you think about Portal RTX's benchmarks? And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's an interesting thing of maybe testing the same architectures theoretically, but mm -hmm. I think it's recently emerged in the Portal RTX, like that... There was something about how it doesn't, it's not even really programmed yes. for AMD. <laughs> like no. it's, or Ampere, I think, right? Yeah. It is programmed to make Lovelace look to good. To make Lovelace sell more cards, basically, yeah. Which is fair mm -hmm. enough. You know, if they want to do that, then I think that is fair enough. As long as they're doing it with like old games like Portal and uh, not like messing with current titles. <laughs> That's yeah. a fair point, you know. If NVIDIA is going to pull their, you know, Tessellation Ocean bullshit they did with Crisis <laughs> 2, Hey, sure, go do it on Quake with RTX. I don't 
care that yeah. Quake has RTX. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's just a bonus for their buyers. Yeah, the buyers are getting a bonus out there. I think like RTX, Portal RTX looks pretty good. And I've seen that you can plug it into like other older games like Half-Life 2 and it really makes it. That's look, cool. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to check yeah, that out. Exactly. These are the kind of things that would make me go buy NVIDIA rather than buying AMD, which uh, this is an interesting point, something that we haven't touched on, but something that's been in my mind is that NVIDIA are just pushing all the new stuff, all the new technologies. AMD seem to be lagging behind or not really doing anything exciting. The exact same thing we, we can say about ray tracing. This The XDX actually surprised me with its ray tracing performance. It has closed the gap, I think, in some ways. It was closer to the 4080 in ray tracing than I expected it to be. Mm. But it's not because... Yeah, it's, it's a bit, again, though, it's like, I agree... Yeah. It's just a bit all over the place. Yeah. You know, there's a couple where you could point to if you're an NVIDIA fanboy and it's bad looking. Yeah. But then yeah. there's some where it almost matches it. I, I do agree that, yeah, I just, it's hard for me to say it's impressive until we see if they fix it in t- two months. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's just so hard because it's like, but if I'm playing devil's advocate, I can point to some pretty bad ones. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, the thing about this is it's been so long since AMD actually seemed to do anything uh, really innovative, like true, okay, chiplets, yeah? That's from like an architectural standpoint, obviously, uh, and a design standpoint. So obviously chiplets are, are very, very in- innovative. Um, but in terms of value that they're given to gamers, like in ray tracing and stuff like this, and like as we talked about Portal RTX, they just don't seem to be doing the extras, yeah? I remember back, obviously, to like the 50, 5870, 50, 50 days when AMD, you know, brought out iFinity. And I mean, I lost mm-hmm. my mind when that came out. That I, was a, a, a major selling point, actually. I'm almost yeah. immune to advertising, right? But when I saw that, I went and bought two monitors and a 5850 the same day. <laughs> I just I just had to experience this, like, you know, surround gaming on, on like a, a really fast graphics card. They haven't done anything like that to entice me for since then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, they're always copying like, like, and it's like, this is where I can bring up like FSR three and DLSS three as well. Like, don't get me wrong. I think at first DLSS three is mostly a joke, Yeah, but there's a couple games where it works well. And you could see a situation where with NVIDIA reflex, where they like throw out frames to improve latency. Yeah. If they could get that algorithm better mm-hmm. where they throw out the artifacted frames more often and get the latency closer to native, it never will be. It apparently can't be, yeah. but if they could get it to be like at least a bit of a boost in latency and not have the artifacts noticeable. Once we have 480 Hertz displays, DLS3, I think, has promise, not in every game, but in yeah. half of the games you have. That's just another feature NVIDIA can just point yes. you out of like a thousand features. Yeah. And I know FSR3 is coming, but why can't they make one of these? It's interpolation. Our big screen TVs have been doing it for years. Why can't AMD be the first to do FreeSync? You know, like any of it. I, yeah. I don't know. At some point, I think you have to see this is why the XTX is a slightly faster card than raster yet costs 200 bucks less because yeah it's it's lacking features never mind the fact that both cards are stupidly priced amd are faster and cheaper um because they kind of have to be yeah and that's not and that didn't used to be true right like i think you would agree i'm imagining physics was a complete and utter joke yeah i mean yeah it was i called it the popcorn 
like injection. Yeah. Like every game, all the particles just literally squeals like popping out of stuff. Yeah, it just looks like, stupid. Yeah, it looked dumb. DLSS <laughs> was a complete joke. Ray tracing on Battlefield Five looked worse than no ray tracing. Like, yeah, I was like laughing on my twenty sixty walking around as like the squares of lighting appeared in front of me and they were all blurry. I was like, this looks so bad. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I think we can agree that a buy around Ampere, all of a sudden, everything just started working. TLSS yeah. was a real feature. Ray tracing didn't make the game worse. You could turn it off or on, but it didn't make it look worse. And uh, it was, so at a minimum, it's a feature. And now we've got all DLSS 3. It w- I would believe it could get to a point where it's not complete garbage. And you've got to see the improved one and two, yeah? And like you said, ray tracing has improved as well. So when NVIDIA sort of sets their mind to something and, the, you know, that this is their strategy going forward, they do tend to achieve their goals, I think. Uh, there's no But that's back. what annoys me is people always used to say they had better features. I don't think they did, but they do now. Yeah, they do now. Yeah, they didn't before. I mean, okay, they had Shadow Play maybe like a year before and AMD had like uh, whatever theirs is called um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, the big thing for me, obviously, way back then was Ifinity, which really cemented me firmly in the AMD fanboy camp at that time. Yeah, I just simply had to have that. And NVIDIA's solution was a joke as well. You needed two cards, didn't you? You could only do it if you had two cards on NVIDIA. You know, back then, the biggest feature for me AMD had was more than a gigabyte of RAM in their freaking graphics cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was really a problem in a lot of games. Here's, a, here's, here's another interesting point, right? Because... Obviously, the XTX has got a 384-bit memory bus, so it's either going to be mm-hmm. 12 or 24 gigabyte of VRAM, yeah? And I don't know what the cost of 12 gigabytes of uh, GDDR6 is, but it can't be that cheap, I wouldn't have thought. It'd be like 100 bucks at most, yeah. but yeah. But, I think it's usually 5 to $10 a gigabyte. Lately, probably $7 a gigabyte. Yeah. They had to like, they basically had to go with 24 on that card, which kind of gives it more of a high end feel as well. Mm-hmm. But is this, is this card really going to be utilizing 24 gigabyte? I don't think so. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it is an extra cost there, which is, it looks good on marketing. Yeah. It's, the thing is, though, it's also, you know, even sitting at idle, that's going to be drawing more watts as well. Uh, mm-hmm. On that. So there is, you know, maybe there's another reason for why the power is slightly higher than what we've sort of been expecting well besides the chiplets too you yeah know, that that's inherently going to waste jewels yeah the communication between the chiplet uh, basically between the gcd and the mcds it's not as high as what uh some people said i think it probably comes in below 20 watts in fact uh if which if true it is definitely worth it if you're much over like 40 watts for that communication then that's starting to be a bit of an issue uh but if it's below 20 watts and the fact that you're disaggregating, you know, you're getting rid of the, the cache, you're getting rid of the memory the memory buses off the main chip. It's a, it's a huge, huge thing. This is like, this is the biggest advantage AMD has had since, yeah, 2011 probably, I would say. Um, they just need to release a bigger chip. They've got it. If, if AMD does not launch a larger Navi 30-based chip next year, I will be absolutely amazed. And not only that, I think I will just give up entirely on the company. <laughs> because why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? 
The RTX 4090 is so big that I was considering digging one of my old compact liquid coolers from storage to cool my processor if I were to test the 4090 in my desktop. And unfortunately, I found out that at some point it had broken pretty badly. And so I guess I'll just need to buy a new one if I go down that route. But, you know, whatever I end up using, this highlighted the dangers of liquid cooling. Their dangers that the Ice Giant Pro Siphon Elite does not need to worry about. Today's sponsor is brought to you by Ice Giant and their Pro Siphon Elite that uses thermosiphon technology, which was initially developed for use for industrial applications to make an incredibly innovative phase change cooler that performs like the best liquid coolers on the market. And it has the reliability and simplicity of an air cooler. And if you support this company, Ice Giant, you're supporting a startup in Austin, Texas that stands by their product with a unprecedented 10-year warranty. So whether you're looking to cool Zen 4, Raptor Lake, Threadripper, or some upcoming Xeon Extreme product from Intel, know that Ice Giant has you covered without requiring liquid cooling for these beasts. And their product is available at dozens of retailers globally. And you can go to Amazon right now and use a coupon code to get an additional $25 off. Click the link in the description to buy the Ice Giant Pro Siphon Elite. And if you do, you're also supporting Moore's Law is Dead. Consider the Pro Siphon Elite today. Well, let me combine. A, I have a couple reader mails here. So one of them um, is AWS Danny. And long story short, he says he's disappointed in RDNA 3. And he's like, do you think at these prices they've done anything to damage NVIDIA's mindshare? And then Brendan kind of asks a follow-up question to this where he asks, has this launch shaken your confidence at all in what they're going to be able to bring to market in the next year after this generation? The only issue that I can see is the power is slightly higher. Uh, in the run-up, we were ke we kept hearing, we were, after we saw 2.5 gigahertz and 2.3 gigahertz clock, mm -hmm. I was thinking, oh dear, there's something badly gone wrong here with the clock speeds. But now we know that that's not true. The clock speed... At least not entirely no. true. Like. Clearly, it can from the leak or the from only the, reason why the leak benchmark the, today. The only reason they didn't launch a three gigahertz reference card that I can see is because they didn't have the shroud to stick on top of it. Yeah, it was just a throttled uh, under gaming. So they've had to do like the best that this reference card can possibly do is around 2.5 gigahertz. And it has dropped performance because looking at that overclocking uh, result on tech power up that you mentioned earlier. This is scaling almost perfectly by the looks of things. You'd almost argue it seems to be even better. getting rid of some of their yeah. bottlenecks that yeah, they clearly have. Even yeah. better, yeah. Something like 21% faster, almost tying the 4090. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I don't understand. So they, they clearly, it was designed to hit three gigahertz, and it seems like. Yeah. Honest to God, it seems like, let's be honest, they're using multiple dyes. There's going to be inherent efficiency problems. If you use multiple dyes, it seems like RDNA3's sweet spot for efficiency might have actually been at 3 gigahertz around 400 watts. Yeah. It would have been less efficient while you're gaming probably than Lovelace. Yeah. But oh well, I, I, I still am just sitting here going, unless tech power-ups thing ends up being a fluke. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard this from someone else last night too, and I almost made it a big deal in my video, but I'm like... Until I see multiple outlets get into 3.2 gigahertz, yes. I don't want to be the guy that says it. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but so it, far, it seems like it might be. Yeah. 
I mean, it could be a golden sample they've got hold of, obviously. Uh, which, and I talked to two other reviewers, which I, I won't say who, of course, because, yeah. you know, for obvious reasons, they might not want to say they tell me things, but they couldn't replicate it, at least with whatever boards they had. Okay. But I find that odd because Tech Power Up had two boards that both seem to overclock over 10%. Was there not so. some kind of like hard limiter on the, on the reference card? Or are, are you talking about aftermarket cards? I think one person I talked to, oh, no, I think they both said they had an aftermarket card and they couldn't. I, see, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a bug in Wattman for these people. Could be. Or if they didn't put effort into it because they were so dissatisfied with the performance. Right. Not to be a, a jerk, but it, yeah. some of the responses I got from one of the reviewers I reached out to is he's like, this thing sucks. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I want to see someone else test it. Frankly, I kind of want to get my hands on it and see if I can replicate it. Yeah. Because th- th- there's something here then where I don't think there's a point in AMD launching a 7950 XTX, you know, I'm so mad they call it XTX now again. Yeah. Um, I don't see a point in them doing that until they know what they can get out of their drivers. I think they're going to work like hell for two months see how much of the flaws they have are hardware versus software versus yeah. it's usually a combination of both that you work around. Um, and then they'll decide what to do. But man, if they can claw back even 10% performance just in drivers right now, yeah. I do not know why they wouldn't put the extra infinity cache on there, push this thing to 3.2 gigahertz and launch the 450 watt card that for sure would be at least 20% better than that. I mean, the last time they did something like that would have been the 7970 gigahertz edition when they launched the mm-hmm. 7970 and that really underwhelmed me with that launch and then NVIDIA beat it with the real mid-range GK104, yeah, the GTX 680. And then all of a sudden AMD found another couple hundred megahertz <laughs> and launched that gigahertz edition. Uh, and then and then also found like another 20% performance in the driver somehow. I remember the reviews for that too. They're like the, I what was it? the It's it's this something driver release. I remember multiple reviews saying this just feels like a different card. I honestly am almost mad at AMD. How did this yeah. happen that they were just leaving 30% on the table? I'm, I'm honestly wondering if that's happening again this time. And oh, that's why they didn't push it yet because they're like, we can make another SKU pushing it now where the drivers are fixed is stupid. There is also something at the design and fabrication level that a lot of people might not realise. Like, um, the 7970 Tahiti, it was called, was very disappointing compared to what we'd seen previously. But when they launched Pit Cairn, like the mid-range, that was extremely impressive. Yeah, yeah and, 7850 and 7870 were yeah. crazy efficient. Yeah. And tiny dies, like 200 million. The efficiency million of those cards was out of this world. I had a 7850 for ages, and this thing was pulling like 90 watts in gaming. Yeah, and it was it was pretty fast. <laughs> you remember yeah. when mid-range cards used 90 watts? Yeah. <laughs> you can't even get that in, a, in an APU anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, the thing about that was apparently AMD sort of went too conservative on their main Tahiti die. Uh, regarding clock speeds and stuff like that. And the node had improved based on what they originally mm. thought it was going to be. So we might see something like that again with the with the Navi 32. If the if the if the node is actually better than what you know AMD expected, they might get, you know, if they just push it that little bit more, the design, they might just get a lot more out of it. Which is why I am optimistic at least for Navi 32. Uh, one of the reasons why. 
know, I'm optimistic for that. I think architecturally, there's nothing that worries me about this launch apart from the power, which is a solvable problem. It's just, yeah, because right now it is just even worse, actually, than the performance off from what they said, Yeah, I would say. Um, well, you know, here's the thing, though. I, I When I talked to people yesterday, it wasn't clear how much of it can be fixed in drivers. But one thing, and this was one of those people at AMD that, like, almost never talks to me. Yeah. Like, like they, they don't want to do it often, but every now and then they respond. And they felt compelled to talk about what's going on yesterday out of the blue. And he said that, basically, don't worry about the future RDNAs. The issues they have are already fixed in the next architecture. Yeah. And what I'm wondering is what you think the next architecture is, because obviously there's RDNA 4, but we know from a public roadmap that Strix, the Strix APU that comes out in a year, uh-huh. that has something that they call RDNA 3 plus. 3 plus. 3 plus, yeah. And I'm wondering if what we're seeing is they ran into issues. They were always going to run into issues. What they're doing is pretty groundbreaking with a graphics card. They always knew they were going to be able to tweak a ton of things with the follow-up. Yeah. I'm wondering, and I'm kind of hearing RDNA 4 has been pushed back a right. little bit to probably mid to late 2024. I do wonder if they're going to have a full RDNA 3 lineup, RDNA 3 plus yeah. lineup where it's like, all those issues we had are fixed. Now it runs at 3.4 gigahertz. Now we have these extra features. Now we know how to better balance the dies. I wonder if you think that's likely to happen late next year. I well, historically the plus has only really meant a change of node, so they would be moving to four nanometers. However, uh, yes, I do believe next year. I think we'll see an entire new lineup. You'll see something around about five hundred square millimeters at the top end. This is going to be fast, and then uh, I guess they could rebrand the current one. But if it is riddled with bugs, why do that? They would probably just increase just the Just retape die. it out, yeah. They'd probably just increase the die size to maybe four, 450. Uh, probably 400 millimeters on this. Uh, that's just the GCD. And then they'd have another one lower, maybe 250 or something like that. Yeah, I expect to see an entire top to bottom, real top to bottom, because I do not believe that this is the top chip. It just, I'm just mm-hmm. never going to believe that they would possibly do that. Historically, history shows it, yeah? They launch mid-range on a new node. That's what AMD does. That's what they've done here. And yeah, okay. I mean, if you consider that they took the chiplets off the main die, it would be about a 500 millimeter square die. But it just doesn't really count because they've left so much on the table. There's so much there left on the table with simply having a 300 millimeter square die. And this is You know, it's interesting of- too. I always heard Navi 32's development was way behind 31's, like right. targeting almost mid next year i'm imagining they're going to push it up a little bit because they are succeeding and selling out rdna2 stock easily now yeah but you gotta wonder too if almost like to characterize it like this would be completely incorrect i know there'd be people i talk to at amd who would get so mad but like i'm not saying it is exactly this but it almost to me feels like navi 31 was just that you know, first step like almost bug finding mission right <laughs> i yeah. mean like i hate to call it that because from what I'm hearing, it's like, dude, these cards aren't going to break. They're going to work. If you buy them right now, they're going to work at that level of performance at least forever. They work. But I almost wonder if this is yeah, like a bottleneck and bug finding mission and almost intentionally Navi 32 is six months behind it 
because there's just no point in launching. You know, like let's make sure we get everything that we're learning into that one that we need to, especially actually when they have so many last gen stock to get rid of. I mean, like all these companies will tell you the same thing. Uh, you, you change the architecture on a process that you're used to, and then you change like the when you move to like a new node. Uh, you don't change anything. It's basically what NVIDIA did. Lovelace is basically, you know, I'm paired with a bunch of more L2 cash. This is not like a huge uh, design change. RDMA mm-hmm. 3 is yet another <laughs> huge design change for AMD. They've added chiplets on top of that and they've moved from 7 nanometers to 5 nanometers. It's all yeah. miracle that this thing came out at all. If you look at it, I right, mean, yeah, where's Ponte Vecchio from Intel and stuff? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and Sapphire Rock. Like it's yeah, you're right. It's it's almost a miracle this thing has come out at all when you consider they've done <clears throat> three major steps. Yeah. I think that tells you how much more confident they are than a few years ago, by yeah, the they're, way. They're not the same company that they were. Even even the graphics, you know, the CPU side of things obviously changed massively by Zen. Uh the graphics team has taken a bit longer. Uh and NVIDIA are a different proposition to Intel completely as well. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. NVIDIA are just a better company. Uh, but I think they're getting there. I think, you know, I've seen enough in RDNA 3 to tell me that AMD wants to win next year. I don't think NVIDIA can stop them. I really don't. And I think this is something me and you agree on here. It's not that I don't think NVIDIA is going to go all out. And by the way, the early whispers I've heard is they are. Like, they're working on some Blackwell, like... You know, three nanometers a much lesser upgrade yeah. over five than five yeah. is over seven. Yeah. And it sounds like they might be going with like an 800 millimeter squared three nanometer die, which the cost on that is going to be insane. Yeah. But it sounds like they're going all out. But even then, I like look at like where they're going and they're kind of running out of levers to pull. And then once they hit three nanometer, I don't think two is ready for a while. Yeah. You could see AMD just stacking tons of stuff. Like, I think NVIDIA isn't in the corner now, and they've they've won again. But I do feel like that unless they've got something else crazy coming, which maybe they do, they're starting to become pushed in a corner in terms of where they can go for performance. Well, I'm not sure what video it was that uh, I talked about it, but... It's, this is all about the reticle limit uh, and how big a, a GPU you can physically build at TSMC. Currently, it's something like 850 square millimeters. That is, a, that is the biggest die that you can build at TSMC. But I'm not sure if it's two nanometers or when uh, this comes in, but the reticle limit is basically going to be halved. So the maximum die sign oh. within the next... Oh, yes, I did hear about this. Yeah. yeah. The maximum's going to be 400 and something square millimeters. Yeah? So if NVIDIA doesn't have a chiplet uh, program, but they've not really shown any uh, evidence of, if they don't have that, then they're going to be limited to 400 square millimeters. Probably talking five years in the future. Yeah? Or right. Maybe four years. So a couple of gens from now. Yeah, so it hasn't, a couple it's not gens. happening yet. But they're going to have to have something by that point because, I mean, they're still packing more and more cash on onto these dies as well. And cash isn't scaling anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're basically going to run out of cores. Yeah, they'll get a bit more power. They'll get some extra clock speeds, but that's not enough. Yeah, you've got to really, you've got to, every new generation needs to pack on more and more cores for it to really, we're seeing it to, to even get like 50% faster. In AMD's case, 
uh, two and a half times has only got them maybe 40% <laughs> faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they need something major in terms of manufacturing and design regarding chiplets, but that is probably four years in the future. AMD are already there, yeah? They're already there. They can just keep on stacking high on these uh, Infinity, whatever, uh, cash chips. That's, mm. they're, they're never going back, yeah? AMD, just like Zen, AMD is never going away from this chiplet architecture. They're just going to pile on more and more Infinity Cash uh, off the main die. I mean, and yeah, I'm, I'm now remembering like TSMC, like, yeah, I think two nanometer has that smaller reticle limit. And in yeah. return, they're like, or you can go with N3X, which is our mega reticle limit version of three nanometer yeah. for high clock speeds. But again, that's one generation. Yeah. After that, they can't just keep doing that no. on the same node. No. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting to think. I, I just, it's, it's a, it was a shaky landing. It wasn't a smooth landing. But I guess you know, AMD really has been uh, trying to do a lot this gen, and yeah. they did land the plane. Yeah, the plane has landed. They've landed it, and to me, they're closer than they've ever been. Uh, with what looks like a winning strategy going forward, assuming they pursue that strategy. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think this is the weird thing, though. It's like, why didn't they just accept that then? Call it the seventy eight hundred XT, price it a little more reasonably, and like drop the weird marketing. Just like with like, I don't like again. Like we know Zen Five is going to be bigger than Zen Four. So why did you overcharge for Zen Four if that gets people in the door? I still think some of the decisions are just bizarre. It's though. like it's like just so frustrating from our perspective looking at it, and the buyers, anybody buying these cards is frustrated at the prices. In the end, it is simply a monetary decision. This is about making as much money as they can on a mid-range GPU. Uh, they just don't seem to be in the mindset of taking a loss or taking less profits and really taking the fight to NVIDIA. Uh, and they haven't been in that mindset since basically 14 nanometers Polaris. Yeah, they've been well, they don't know when to do it. Like RDNA yeah. 2 right now, I'm hearing like when you see these 6900 XTs that went for below $600 or these 6600s below $200, I'm told those are being sold at cost. Yeah. Like it ain't just liquidating them. Yeah. But it's like maybe you could have charged 10% more, not lost money on RDNA 2, and then you'd have the money to price the 7800 XT at 700 instead of 900. I don't know. It's just like it seems like they don't know when to do the right move. They can do it, but. On one hand, they're just losing money here, and on the other hand, they're overcharging for something that probably should have more afforded to be cheaper. I mean, sadly, you have to say, like, the, the day of the real bargain looks to be over uh, regarding GPU. Uh, mm -hmm. When was the last The biggest part? bargains have been had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, by, uh, by far. There's nothing... Neither company is even trying to give us a good deal anywhere. Yeah, like, normally, like, in the past, what was it, GTX 470? No, no, the NVIDIA's card that had the 3.5 gigabyte, <laughs> what was the name of that card again? Oh, the 970. Yeah, yeah. the 970, yeah. I mean, okay, the con does massively with the 4 gigabyte thing, uh, but that was still a real bargain. I mean, that was 329 bucks when that launched. I mean, that was a bargain card that people lost their minds over. Yeah, You know, Lovelace is almost comparable to Maxwell in that way, too, in that... It's just different. Like with Lovelace, they kept the prices high, but they went crazy with cooling because they didn't want to lose. I feel like with Maxwell, the 200 series scared the shit out of NVIDIA. And they're like, we're not taking prisoners with Maxwell. Yeah. Like, and they took the entire market when they decided yeah, basically, to Basically, yeah. And how much mindshare did they gain from that as well? When I mean, AMD were toiling at that point 
But they did come back quite strong, obviously. Uh, Hawaii a bit later. But, I mean, when you're in a position like AMD's graphics uh, division is in, with such a powerful competitor, they've got to offer more than what they've done this time around. Yeah, the XTX, I have got no intention of buying at a thousand bucks whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's only AMD fans, real strong AMD fans, that would even consider buying that card at that price. Because um, it's still a thousand bucks. It's a thousand it's still bucks. A lot. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I had one of my contacts who works in the industry suggest that there is something going on here, though, where AMD is almost scared to take a lot of market share because they had over 50% with the 3000 and the 4000 series HD ones way, way, way long ago. Yeah. And then they tried to like take the entire market by charging, frankly, too little money for their cards. Oh. They never did it. NVIDIA got more R&D. I feel like he suggested like from the people he's talked to at AMD that they almost seem like they don't want to get above 30% market share because then it becomes hard. They're like, never going to get have, near that at this cur- the way they're currently No, going. I agree, but yeah. it's like, I think they, I, I almost feel like, especially when I look at the bizarre launch, the pricing, the naming of this generation, that AMD is happy to take, if they can, 1%, 5% market share a year and eventually get to 35, but they have no intention and to the point that they almost don't want to get to 40% because, you know, I, a lot of people have been asking me, can AMD take market share this generation? And it's like, I mean, if they win for it, it's cheaper, uses less silicon. I think they could. But the problem is NVIDIA has so much of the market share now, they would have to manufacture like four, five, six times the cards they usually make yeah. AMD would to take market share because NVIDIA just has like 80% of the total addressable market. So... I don't know. It, it, it makes you wonder, like, if AMD understands, or w- for better or worse, that they shouldn't go for too much too quickly with graphics. And I wonder if every time we see them not go for the kill, they're like, "We don't want to go for the kill. We don't want to." You know, <laughs> I, I mean, wonder. But it, but but it doesn't justify like why they couldn't have done the obvious things, right? I would say. Well, what is, who was it? Was Einstein that said that uh, madness is or insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Yeah. <laughs> AMD just Someone said be, that, yeah. yeah. I think it was Einstein. I mean, I think that was invented by Far Cry 3, actually. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just remember that's when everyone kept saying that. Everyone <laughs> kept saying it then, yeah. Yeah. AMD are doing the sort of same thing over and over and over. But in all honesty, I hadn't actually really thought about it until I talked about it just there. The fact is, they've changed the node, they've brought out triplets, and they've changed their architecture. And as you said, they have landed. Yeah, They're only a couple of months behind uh, NVIDIA in terms of launch. So they've done a lot. It's almost like the groundwork's been done there. This is why I said this is AMD's Zen moment for graphics. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. like, this is their Zen. It is Zen 1, no. Yeah, <laughs> Arduino right, thing not is Zen, Zen 2. 1. They were hoping it'd be Zen 2. <laughs> Possibly hoping it was be Zen 2, and that would have been fantastic. But this is a Zen one moment, and I, for one, fully expect it to go exactly the same way. NVIDIA will be much, much tougher competition than what Intel put up. Uh, NVIDIA won't right, they're not going to take the market as quickly no. from NVIDIA as they did Intel. But I even yeah, I mean, you can even see it, right? They're talking about an RDNA 3+. Plus. It's almost like that will be the Zen Plus, yeah. where they get that yeah. little bit closer and fix the bugs, and then they'll have a Zen you know, an RDNA 4, and that one will probably use multiple graphics dies and go for the crown. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think we can see what they're trying to do. 
Yeah. Um, I just hope they don't keep doing these dumb naming schemes when they do it. <laughs> See, I, I basically gave up on stuff like all this marketing when it comes to naming schemes. And yeah, I complain about mid-range GPUs all the time. Like, and every time I say like a 4080 is a mid-range GPU, people get <laughs> upset by it. But it is. Yeah, and it always will be as far as I'm concerned. It's just a very expensive one. I'm you know, one thing I point out that I saw you point out in your video a couple of years ago, like getting fed up with the people that argue about what Titan class is, which I couldn't well, yeah. agree more. It's whatever they say it is. But you said, let's say, let me explain to you mid-range. Here's 102, <laughs> here's 104, here's 106. Which one's in the middle? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Which one I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> what are we arguing about here? <laughs> it's, I mean, the power of marketing that these companies have, it, it's shocking to me in many ways to see how people constantly fall for it over and over again. Um, and AMD, sadly, yeah, there's no doubt about it. AMD's marketing has taken a turn for the worse over the past few years. Uh, a lot of people upset by, I mean, you're, you're obviously upset by them not hitting their targets, not hitting their power targets. Well, in line, if they would have just been honest. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. It's, it just it seemed makes, unnecessary to lie. The thing is, right, if they're lying and saying they're hitting 40% performance, meanwhile, NVIDIA, Jensen walking around with his leather jacket saying 2x, 2x, every, every second word is 2x, yeah, which they didn't get, yeah. They, didn't, they basically got half of what he was saying, up to two times faster. In reality, 55% faster. So AMD are saying up to 1.7x, and they got 40. If you look at it, they're both basically lying at the same level. <laughs> it's just that NVIDIA said up to 2x, and AMD said up to But this to is 1X. what felt more insidious to me, and, and I totally agree. Like, if you were going to say who lies harder, yeah, sure, NVIDIA, but it's almost like they're so past the point of reasonableness that it's... I filtered it out when I saw yeah. the Lovelace reveal. Yeah. It said two to four X. My brain just in one ear, out the other. Like I knew just throw out that. And I didn't even look up the footnotes. I knew when someone asked me, they're like, what is two to four X? I'm like, oh, I bet that's with ray tracing and DLSS three on. Yeah. Like that's oh, yeah, where they're getting that number. But that's the thing is it was obvious. It was obvious yeah. 4X is with DLSS and ray tracing on. And AMD put together the same charts they do every year. And they yeah. were off by a factor of like two. Well, like what? The that way to, to me almost this, feels like a bigger lie. The way to, the way to look at this is they've they built up a lot of uh, you know, good press, and you know people like to see when they're honest. And even in some cases, they've downplayed the performance, and they've actually come up with better performance than what their slide showed. This is what they've done over the past few years, and now because of this. They've lost all of that goodwill that they have built up in the That's press. That's what I said. It's like they've just lost the goodwill forever, and that was yeah, dumb. They've lost the goodwill, and when it comes to the next time, I, for one, especially, will be looking <laughs> at it with a you know a more critical eye. What they're doing, and when they say, "Yeah, we're fifty or seventy percent faster," my analysis will be, "Yeah, you're probably thirty-five percent faster instead." Then. Yeah, so yeah. you just have to do it that way and say, well, you know, if you're going to tell us that, then we're just going to assume this is what you really are. Uh, you're just not going to be that quick. It's sad that they can't just tell the bloody truth, but, you know, that's that yeah, is they had, the, And they were like the last company that kind of had that goodwill, like that they seemed to be straight shooters. You know, they didn't yeah. like show real world performance benchmarks and it was like how fast you can save a PDF. That's hilarious with Intel. Um, but like, <laughs> now I'm they've kind of done it. As far as I'm concerned, looking at the pricings, uh, looking at the prices, uh, looking at how they're not really putting, the, looking how, at how they're just not taking the fight to NVIDIA, 
looking at the prices recently and now looking at how their marketing can just tell us a bunch of crap, they are essentially no better than NVIDIA or Intel when mm-hmm. it comes to that. Yeah. So any, any, at least in the Radeon division, it seems like the Ryzen division is more honest yeah. for now. We'll yeah, see. Rise, yeah. That, that's, that's a fair point to make. Uh, it has been Radeon that's... Uh, yeah, let, me, let me ask you this then. If AMD was aware, they could easily get another 10 to 20% from better drivers. Don't you think they would have delayed the launch until January? That's an argument I made too. Like if they knew for sure they've got another 20% in the tank, if they just sit down and make better drivers for two months, that they would do it. And that the reason they launched these buggy cards now is because they're not sure how long it's going to take nor what they'll get out of it. Would you agree? Or do you think AMD would actually be that dumb to not just like delay it to February? Who cares? Like we're in a recession. I look at it the opposite way, basically. If they think they could make 10 to 20% in drivers, uh, maybe they could make 20% overall. If we see better clock speeds with better cooling and some driver fixes, maybe they can hit 15, 20% overall. Uh, how many months that will take? It's hard to tell. Maybe they decided to launch RDNA three for you know because they said they would have it in twenty twenty two. They did do yeah. that, yeah. Now, a lot but, of people told me that's the only reason it came out this year too. Yeah, they said it. Would. I read that. I read that as well, which seems like ludicrous to me for them to do that, and especially if the product is as unfinished as many people believe. Uh, I think it's just a stupid thing to do, but they've done it anyway. Um, so yeah, th- there is that. It's 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 really hard to say. I personally would not have launched it if I thought there was another twenty percent in in the tank. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would even have waited. Six you could have polished drivers, maybe FSR three is ready. Like, why not just wait for that? Right. Like, thing is, right? If they're selling like uh, sixty nine fifty XTXs and sixty eight hundred whatever, even at cost, at least they're still holding on to a bit of market share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. AMD is not going to sell a lot of 7900 XTXs. This is barely going to show on their bottom line, I would I would say. I mean, okay, they're selling out now, but... But I heard they did ship year. a lot, though, like more than the 4090, at least yep. for now. So they're trying to ship a lot. See, that's the other thing is, no, I think they actually made a lot of them. How much will they make next year? I don't know, but they're trying to ship uh, at least... Up to two hundred thousand, I think, by the middle of January. So, to me, this suggests they wanted to outsell the forty ninety. I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, and a lot of people say, you know, I'm an AMD fanboy. Obviously, I did have a soft spot for the company at one point, and I still kind of do. And I want to see them doing well against Nvidia. You know, they've already got there against Intel. But if AMD, I don't want AMD to sell two hundred thousand cards at a, a thousand. <laughs> But I don't want right. them like that, yeah? I hope they don't. It's, it'd hope. be so much easier to root for them if it was like a $800, yeah, $7,800 exactly. XT. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that they have to drop prices. Uh, and I hope NVIDIA have to drop prices as well. But, you know, that's just... You've got to look at this from a consumer standpoint. I We, would, we hoped that NVIDIA would fail with a $1,240.80. And we should be hoping that AMD fails with a $1,000 1700 XTX as well. <laughs> or at least this the $900 XT, which when I looked at it in oh, my analysis video, I'm like, <laughs> that's a guarantee. I'm like, <laughs> it's literally the same price performance, I think, as the 4080. I was like, one's 25% weaker. Yeah. Or like, yeah, it's like, and it's 25% cheaper. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. it's like, it's literally, I guess it has more RAM. 
And it fits in your case. So that's AMD will market it as the best graphics card under nine hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's what they're gonna say. Yeah, yeah for, for all those people who are in the market for a nine hundred dollar market card, uh, graphics card, then yeah, it's the best one that you can get. Yeah, that. Yeah, that that one's gonna have to get a price drop. L- let me ask you this because we're kind of getting on subject for this question. Um, <laughs> Dermish writes in and he says, "Hello, Tom and Jim. Will we get anything decent in the low end?" The 6500 XT was kind of okay given the shortages, but after prices settled, I'm not sure. Can we look forward to a purpose-built next-gen experience under $300 at launch instead of something repurposed after it failed to sell laptops in any upcoming generations? Well, here was one of the bigger disappointments about RDNA 3 for me because we know that Navi 33 is still a monolithic GPU. It's not a chiplet GPU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what was it? Uh, Sky Sky just said that something like two hundred square millimeters or something. Or no? Yeah, it was just that. smaller than I expected. That's tiny. Yeah, I mean, and that's obviously without being monolithic. That's got all the cache on it and stuff as well. So it is basically not going to perform anywhere than like Navi Thirty Two. It's going to be like really low end of this thing. I think. Uh, where exactly that brings it in, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. My suggestion would be it'll be at least as good as an RX 6700 because it is six nanometer. Yeah. We have seen what you can do if you purpose build an architecture for even a small node shrink. Uh, there's rumors it'll be as good as a 6800 in 1080p. If it is, this is the best designed silicon in history. It could what I would walk argue. crazily high. Yeah, it could be if it does, if it hits like 3.5 gigahertz. And it has that many shaders. I could see it in 1080p just because of how underutilized the high-end cards are. Yeah. Maybe. You know, maybe. But, you know, actually, I am. I almost wonder, the 6800, eh, it was only like 30%. Well, no, I don't know. I think that's going to be a tall order. <laughs> I yeah. think it's this generation that's bottlenecked in 1080p back then. You still saw the 6800 XT be eh, maybe 50% better than the 5700 XT. So there's definitely diminishing returns already last gen, Mm -hmm. but I still think that's going to be a tall order. I guess what that would mean is they need to make something 20% smaller than the 6650 XT. That's 20% or yeah, that's like 20 to 30% better. Yeah. I guess that's in the realm of possibility. Yeah. They can ramp the clocks up to about 3.5. Yeah. So I guess that's possible. Let's say, yeah. well, let's say, best case scenario, pie in the sky, it's an RX 6800 in 1080p, and in 4K, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, I would buy that if it was 350 bucks, probably, yeah? I would I would just buy that, yeah? But you think no chance at 300 below? <sighs> I would like to say yes, but uh, probably not if it ma- matches that kind of performance. I don't think so. Yeah, and you see, I agree. If I like just write down these prices on a piece of paper, a thousand, nine hundred, seven hundred for the seventy eight hundred, then what? Probably five fifty. Fifty probably. The, yeah. And then or five hundred. I'm getting down here, and even if it's cheaper to make, the lowest I see the seventy six hundred XT with Navi thirty three is three fifty. Yeah, that's the probably. Lowest. Yeah. I, I just sort of did the math in my head as well, and that's what I came to. They'll probably try for three fifty. Or three seventy nine, <laughs> something like that. And remember, this costs less to make than the sixty six hundred XT did. Yeah. 
Do, do you think that means the mid range is dead? Because all I'm saying is, guys, mid range is now 500 bucks. High end's a thousand. Enthusiast is 1500. They won. So th- that's what I say. I, I'm not going to change what I call mid range if it's no. in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, the mid range is now 500. <laughs> yeah, the, the mid range is, is pretty much high end prices now. You know, and we just mm-hmm. have to. There's nothing we can do because it's a duopoly, and they are basically setting. The, Nvidia sets the prices, and then in AMD rather than fight fight those prices with good products, they basically push their own margins up higher and higher. Uh, it started with the 5700 XT, basically, when Navi first launched. What was it they wanted for that? 550? And then there was a whole debated thing where they dropped 100 bucks off it. They wanted 450 and they dropped it to 400, I right. think, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the bizarre thing is it looks reasonable now. Uh, to a couple of years later, uh, because the prices have just gone even higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I could see a correction happening next year. Like, I think you've seen NVIDIA try to keep that trend going and it's backfired with the 4080. I think it will backfire with the 7900 XT a little bit at least. And if they price the 4070 Ti at 900, I'm pretty sure that's going to backfire. So I think there is going to be a recorrection down. But if I were to guess where it's going to correct to, I don't think the mid-range is ever going to be $200 again. I I think we should hope it goes back to like, 400 or 350 and we because the they were going to try to get it to i mean 4082 gigabytes 8104 they were going to try to make that 900 yeah let's be clear what they were trying to accomplish if that became 500 400 oh i i don't know if we should be consider ourselves lucky but i think it could have been worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could have been worse and they would they would try to make it worse i mean people wonder why i made that video saying we should all be getting behind intel at least you know raja came out with a tweet recently saying the sweet spot for GPU should be 200 to 250 watts. Yeah, fair enough. Now, I would agree with that. 200 to 250 watts, that is where I buy graphics cards at, at that sort of it's a, That's a good sweet spot to have when your 200 to 250 <laughs> watt card is losing to AMD's <laughs> 150 watt card. Yeah, yeah, sure, Raja. I, mean, and I, I hear they can run Counter-Strike now, so that's going <laughs> Al- well. Alchem has been a disaster, uh, notwithstanding. Yeah, uh, what he said is true. I mean, I would much rather see a return to that. But again... There's no way back for this. It looks like NVIDIA will just keep on piling on more and more power if they have to. Yeah. And bigger and bigger shrouds. And yeah, this this is it. This piece of content is brought to you by Silver Knight PCs. Silver Knight PCs is a disabled, veteran-owned GPU and CPU retailer, PC repair shop, and boutique PC builder that is located in Fayetteville, North Carolina, but they ship globally, so if you're in the area, drop by their location to pick up reasonably priced components to upgrade your PC and know that All of these components come with up to a three-year warranty, and even refurbished products have warranties on them, and you can trade in your own parts for refurbishment as well, or contact them online and ask them about anything else you want them to do for you, including building a custom PC designed just for you. They're very easy to talk to. The owner of the company even sat down with me for a broken silicon last year and had a candid conversation about GPU shortages during the GPU shortages. They really are on the side of the consumer and they really do put a lot of effort into making everything they sell the best it can be for their buyers. And I know this from firsthand experience. I got my RTX 4090 Supreme Liquid, the one that I am using to render this video in my PC here. And before sending it, they upgraded the thermal paste and thermal pads and 
Well, you can watch the process online. It's actually really cool. And the thing, well, I can tell you that it just doesn't get hot no matter how much power I let the dang thing use. And I can let it use a lot of power. So whether you're in the Fayetteville, North Carolina area and you want to pop in to buy a graphics card or you want to custom order something from them online, click the link in the description and use offer code BROKENSILICON to get 6% off all orders. Using this offer code BROKENSILICON helps me a lot and it helps them. And I am genuinely happy to find finally get their sponsorship as they really are a business that I can stand by as high quality and of genuine reliability. Go to Silver Knight PCs and use offer code BROKENSILICON today. And when it comes to ARC, honestly, my opinion is that all they've succeeded in doing is making AMD look better. Like, like all of those reviews for Alchemist, they were like, they kept saying, I saw it on Gamers Nexus, hardware unboxed, they would just be like, you know, it took decades for AMD and NVIDIA to get the drivers to be as good as they are. And yes. I'm like, people didn't used to group those companies together. Exactly, I think, yeah. I think Intel's only made people go, hey, maybe AMD should be charging more for the 6600 yeah. XT. I mean, it is true. Gra uh, graphics drivers are not simple things. And uh, yet in Intel clearly have got a ton of work to do there. But it appears that they're doing it. I mean, we saw some huge gains at 1080p, at least, I think, recently. If, if that's to be believed, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. With their uh, 3070 Ti size die. Yeah. I mean, how nice. <laughs> architecturally, it looks like a complete disaster, Alchemist, in all honesty. Uh, I'm more interested in what they do next time around. Uh, well, I. I'll say, from what I've heard, they've canceled all of Battle Mage besides one die, and it's like a low-end one coming out 2024. Mm, that's not good. So, all I can say is I think the best we should, my opinion, the best we should hope for is Intel keeps making like one low-end card every year and a half or so, so they don't lose the progress they're making on drivers. But my, my personal uh, estimate is we shouldn't expect anything competitive out of arc until 2025 after it because like, they don't have anything coming out next right. year you uh, know it's it's kind it's kind of a complete disaster and it's really disappointing yeah i mean i really really was rooting for the gpu division uh, me too like yeah. half of my videos in 2021 were arc stuff yeah but in the end uh, it was never really likely to materialize was it uh when you consider the history and uh yeah, you know, let me tell you what you think about this, because this is a funny thing for me, because what is it? Ryan Shrout had a bit of a go at me on Twitter a few times. Uh -huh. um, and then Raja seemed nervous and was like, you know, anytime you ask what our roadmap is, I refer you back to this roadmap. And the roadmap said they were competing an enthusiast in 2022. And I'm like, well, you didn't meet the roadmap so far, Raja. So yeah. I don't know why you're referring me to this. <laughs> But I was talking to an Intel contact and I asked, have you noticed that like we always were focusing on what they've claimed about Alchemist. I didn't notice on this same chart that Raja keeps referring to. They said they would compete in enthusiast in 2022. Granted, there's some wiggle room. What is enthusiast? Yeah, really? What is enthusiast? Yeah. Next year, they said they're going to compete in ultra enthusiast. Ultra -enthusiast. And, and in 2025, they said they'd be above ultra enthusiast. I think there's no misinterpretation. If you're above the highest level on your chart, you say you're going to take the crown. Yeah. So whoever made this chart, and I didn't notice it until like two weeks ago, they said ultra enthusiast. I think they said they plan to compete with the 4090 next year. Okay. And I 
can't wait to see that competitor, Raja. Yeah, it doesn't really strike me as very likely. Uh, no. <laughs> no. So I don't know. I just, I don't know if, maybe you don't have a lot of thoughts on it, but I just wonder when the buck's going to stop somewhere with the mid-mitting. Arc isn't really happening, guys. Like, what? what is it when it's the end of next year and they have no new cards out? Like, at what point do they admit anything? Or I wonder what you think, because they're still referring to this chart that says they'll compete with the 4090 next year. I mean, to be honest with you, it's, they have to, they've got to have a, some kind of GPU program. They can't abandon it. Yeah. Right. And I think maybe it's going to hibernate for a few years, but how do you think they admit that if that's what happens? Because that's what I can't figure out, because they're still... They're, they said they were going to launch in quarter one, and they launched next to the 4090. <laughs> they couldn't even beat the 6600 or 3060. Yeah. I mean, performance was obviously really, really disappointing. Uh, and the pricing, even the pricing was disappointing because of the performance, basically. Even though, And it's a large dial, like you said. It's very, very large. And the graphics card looks quite nice, but the drivers are a disaster. It's just really, yeah, I have really one tough. Here somewhere. You got one I there, yeah? I have it. Like, yeah, I still haven't opened it. I plan to hopefully start testing it this week. Okay. I was looking at so, picking one up just for the sake of, you know, messing around with it and seeing what, what it was all about. But then I decided I'm probably not going to spend 400 bucks to do that. <laughs> yeah, to put myself through that hell. Yeah, I've been enough. At least it came with Call of Duty. So, oh, well, you know, yeah. I kind of wanted this one. So, <laughs> you got the graphics card free with Call of Duty? or was that <laughs> Yes, I got the graphics card free with Call of Duty for four, $350. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Or whatever what, they charged for it. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know I don't what know. they do. I, 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 I cannot. It's just so difficult. NVIDIA are so strong, and you, we see just how good AMD can be. Yeah, They're not that far behind NVIDIA, if at all, any longer. Uh, and for in Intel to catch up to that kind of level, I don't see it happening. I just don't. Luckily for Intel, even though they do need a GPU program somewhere there, I mean, they must be concerned about the data center losses that they're suffering to NVIDIA as well there. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and let's keep in mind, I never said that they're going to get rid of, uh, what is it, AXG. They're not going to get rid of the graphics division. They're yeah. going to keep making graphics tiles. They're going to keep making like the Arctic sound, or now they call it Plex, which I think sounds really stupid <laughs> uh, for some reason. Yeah. But I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think um, I think at some point the party... Or like the denial is going to have to stop and they're going to have to admit that they might not have any gaming cards for a couple of years. I mean, but realistically, I don't think what else the could division. they do realistically apart from maybe... Well, look at their earnings. They can't keep selling these 3070s yeah. below cost. Exactly. Like, why? <laughs> you, know, you know, like two or three years ago, we'd, we would have been talking about this and we would have said, well, it's all right. It's Intel. They've got a bottomless pit of money they can just keep on throwing at this crap. I know. Yeah. But now you look at it and it's like, well, that bottomless pit of money is, you can see the bottom of it now. Uh, it's not bottomless, that's for sure. Uh, and yet, and yet they still need to have a graphics program. Meanwhile, they're losing see, market share and data center to both NVIDIA and AMD, and it's just going to get worse before it gets better. You I, see, I, I thought they'd run out of money eventually, but I didn't think it happened this soon. No. Right. I thought it'd be like 2025 if things went horrible, but... They're already out of money, you know, and and like I know some, you know, I'm worried I'm going to lose some Intel sources because people keep getting laid off. I know multiple people there Huge who are just like my friend just got laid off. Yeah, 
I mean, they were too big anyway, uh, like over 110,000 people there. That's way too big for a company in, in tech these days. It's, it's all gone the other way, yeah? I mean, like NVIDIA, how many people have NVIDIA got now? 25,000 or something? Yeah, I know, I know. I don't know what NVIDIA is up to. I think they're up to about at least 20, but I know Radeon, or, I mean, AMD is up to over 15,000. They used to be less than 10, just like five years ago. Lisa Sue so, said 22,000 recently at something. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so they've uh, really my number is from, yeah. I checked two months ago, yeah. so it's already. They've Jesus. really been hiring. Uh, over 20,000 it was seen on a slide uh, from something. So they've been hiring, uh, no doubt about it as well. But Intel, I mean, I don't know how many people at Intel now, but there's a lot of people going to lose their jobs. Uh, and sadly, it's going to keep going that way. But it has to happen. It's got to happen because otherwise... Well, know, and they're going to go to AMD. I think actually someone I know went from Intel to AMD. <laughs> you know, like an Intel source becomes an AMD source. Yeah, <laughs> like I know that's that type I of think thing. they both have the same source for that one. <laughs> yeah, I think you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and it's like, that's just going to keep happening. And, you know, it was Pat that recently hired 20,000 people when he came into office a few years ago. I'm wondering, like, at what point do we know if Pat's doing... I, I'm curious what you think about this, because I liked Pat. Everyone likes Pat. Everyone says good things about Pat. They're like, he's another Lisa Sue. Yeah. But at what point is he clearly not? Is it all, like... And, and let me say this, too. If you say it's not his fault, then I would go... Well, that's not any better news for Intel. That means even Lisa Sue couldn't save it, right? Like, yeah. you know, at what point do we go? Some of the stuff he's trying isn't working, or and is that his fault? Or do you think Intel might just be like this oversized behemoth that is just going to be forced to constrict and nothing One can save? One person it? cannot turn a company of that size around. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. it's different. You, you could say it, again, it's unfair to say that Lisa Sue was. The only one that turned AMD around. I mean, you get guys. It's like absolutely unfair. Super people Master get mad when you do that. As well, obviously, you get Forrest Nord. You know, this was like there's a lot of people turned AMD around. Uh, Nvidia, a bit kind of different. They seem to be like held together by, by the iron fist of uh, Jensen. Um, <laughs> but Intel are just too big for one person to come, you know, to change that company around. Uh, which is another reason why they are downscaling. I don't have any real faith that part will be able to do it in the end though it all comes down to products it comes down to the manufacturing there's been one or two things like in the past that made me think intel might have something really really special down the line in terms of manufacturing yeah mm -hmm. like really i think they cool. do but i think it's down the line yeah i mean it, it mostly came from a couple of jim keller videos that i've watched uh, and I know he was working on AI when he was at Intel, but he was also working a bit on fabrication as well and manufacturing. Uh, and some of the things he said made me think that, you know, well, Moore's Law is not dead for a start. And uh, Intel might have something really quick. It must be a new material or something. I mean, you know. Yeah, they, you know, I don't remember if it was like an earnings thing or some press thing they showed. I forgot what it was, but they showed some like new material being tested. And, and all of that, I just look at that and go, yeah, okay, in 2030, that'll be really cool, guys. Yeah, 2030, um, basically. I think, and do you think TSMC I, isn't trying to do this type of stuff, people? Like they're just sitting around doing nothing in their life. I think it's before I, I 2030. That. I think this is coming before 2030. And another reason I think that is because Pat, uh, 
you know, you can tell a lot by by what they say, and you can also dismiss a lot of things that Intel say when they say like, yeah, our manufacturing's on on target. We just automatically dismiss that as bullshit now. Um, but Pat consistently says, or he uses the phrase um, unquestioned leadership or something mm-hmm. along those lines. And it's not just once he said this. This is multiple times he said this, and he's sticking to it. So I do think that, yeah, there's a chance that, in, sorry, Intel might have something two to three years down the line that really brings them back into the game. Now, obviously, there's going to be an I think it's that Royal Core project, in, yeah? though, you know. I think it's Royal Core, and I think it's what they're going to put into Arrow Lake, uh, or at least Panther Lake. Uh-huh. Um, that is what I think. And and I, I put out a Panther Lake early leak recently, all of it suggests that God, where are we at now? I don't know, like reorient. <laughs> like Redwood Cove is coming. It's going to be a decent upgrade, but they have no issues with it clocking fast enough. Yeah. After Redwood Cove is Arrow Lake late next year. Hopefully, again, yeah. all of this is an Intel roadmap. Mm-hmm. Um, that's supposed to bring a thirty percent IPC increase over Redwood, which has like a seven to like fifteen percent increase or something like that. So, yeah. like, or I think it's actually supposed to be at least fifty percent for Redwood. So. Like the we're talking like fifty percent more IPC for Intel. Hopefully, about uh a like two years from now, at least a fifty percent increase. And then Panther Lake's supposed to be one year later, another thirty percent. So they basically expect to double IPC in three years. And I I suspect that's and I think there's something going on with like hybrid cores too. Right. Like I think that's what he's thinking of maybe. Right. But when I hear that, I go. I think Zen 6 is going to be pretty strong too, though, guys. Yeah. I don't think, you know, they're going to just screw around. So I don't know how much of that is just hubris, though. And this is easy to do where, and this is a problem I've run into. If I leak something two years ahead, they go, oh, Intel's dead or AMD's dead. It's like, well, remember, guys, they'll have something too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, it's just the way that he keeps sort of banging that same drum about unquestioned leadership. And what, you know, Jim Keller, what I saw from his videos made me think, I mean, here's the thing, they can have the, they might have another 30% IPC coming in two years, but if their manufacturing's still a disaster, then it's still no good. Everything mm-hmm. needs to come together for Intel, for them to be rescued. If one thing goes wrong, then, you know, they're still screwed. Whereas yeah. AMD and NVIDIA they, they, are already there. They can't have any more mistakes, they just can't. Yeah. And it's the complete opposite with AMD and NVIDIA, who are reliant on TSMC, who very rarely do anything wrong. And, uh, Design-wise, NVIDIA basically just keep on churning out more and more, better and better. And I think AMD graphics is slowly getting to that stage as well. So, yeah, I mean, the the design is one part of it. 30% IPC, but if it's still a a space heater inside the PC, it's not something I would be buying. You know, if it takes 250 watts to compete, (laughs) <laughs> it's just, and it's, just too, it's too soon to say what they'll push it to but knowing intel i, I think it's supposed to be like 300 watts yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's just where it's going unfortunately to be honest like that's just what they're all doing now like one of them did it the other one thinks they have to do it and if they both do it well you're going to lose by 10 percent if you're the one guy not playing the same game it's quite interesting that both intel and nvidia are, are feeling forced to do this because of AMD. Yeah. I mean, AMD, mm-hmm. remember how inefficient it used to be. And then all of a sudden that changed with Zen uh, and they had real efficiency there. The only way for Intel to compete was to ramp up the power, yeah, ramp up the clock speeds. And now we see the same thing with NVIDIA. Yeah. 
Not only mm-hmm. did they have to, and I think they're going to do it more next year. Yeah, as they well. will. They will just keep on putting bigger and bigger shrouds on these cards. Uh, we could have, we could see five hundred watts top end from them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's not really where I want to see the PC going. In all honesty, with you, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's not what I want to see. I would much rather just focus on a bit of efficiency. But then again, somebody has to win, and. NVIDIA can't lose, and if the only way that they can keep winning is by throwing power at the problem, that's what they'll keep on doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that really annoys me, I don't really care if a company, and I have tested my 4090 in the benchmark rig over here Mm -hmm. at 550 watts. To be honest, it was hard to get it to use 550 watts in a game. The most it would consistently sit at is 460. It stayed cool. You know, it's a liquid cooled card. Yeah. It made my room very warm. Yes. I, I actually, what I did to test it is I think I booted up Battlefield, left it at the menu with my character standing there, and I just went to the grocery store and ran a few errands yeah. and then came back upstairs. And I was just like, so how hot is it in here? And it was, yeah. it was pretty warm. Yeah. But it was able to cool itself. So I don't know. I think the limit's 600 watts just because that's when you're going to start breaking circuitry in the wall but (laughs) like which is what i hear happened with a canceled nvidia card (laughs) um you know i mean (laughs) they were blowing breakers in nvidia labs and had melted cards like i don't know it's it's the funniest thing so i think they've already found their limits right i don't mind if they push out a 500 watt card every gen um really uh at least that makes there be a reason our pcs are so big but I do have a problem with the 4080 being the same size. It's like, can we not do this to everything, though? Like, I get why the flagship does. I might even get why a 4080 Ti is this giant hulking card. But, man, this card is way bigger than it needs to be. I mean, they're probably going to consider pushing it harder. But that's the one thing that's annoying me is if we have 500-watt flagships, I don't care. But I will care if we have 400-watt mid-range cards. I will care. That's really going to piss me off. I mean, you always always used to know it was like one PCI connector, 150 watts, one six-pin, yeah? And the mid-range, you could say two six-pins at at most. Maybe it goes to 225 watts or something like that. But now Mm. it's, yeah, now the mid-range is 300 watts plus and... uh, yeah, it's not. I don't want that in my PC. I just don't. Which, which is why the first thing I do is undervolt and underclock any graphics card I get hold of, so that it's not heating my room up. Yeah. I mean, I think I actually got through all the subjects I wanted to discuss here. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about about any of these companies or really anything? Off the top of my head, I can't really think anything. Uh, the only thing that really stands out for me is. Maybe, I mean, I seem to be one of the very, very few people who is impressed by RDNA 3. And I don't know if that's, is it me? I mean, am I wrong for that? Or, <laughs> or, is, or is everybody else wrong? Like, yeah. like gut check. Like, it, it, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's so many launches where I feel, you know, I, I almost felt the, uh, the, the way you're feeling, but with Zen 4, I'm like, Zen 4 brought, a bigger increase than Zen 3 gen over gen. Yeah. Zen 4 charged less money than the previous gen. And even the 7600X, I was like, I'm not saying they shouldn't have charged less. I think they should just to take keep the new socket market share. Like, I think they should have. But, yeah, you know, how many times when Zen 1 came out, did we see people, and especially Zen Plus, it's like, what is it, the uh, six-core, no hyper-threading i5? Yeah. 
people were comparing that to the 1600 and 2600X and they're just like, well, sure, a- Intel's charging like $300 instead of $200. Sure, Intel gives you half the threads. Sure, Intel <laughs> uses 50% more energy, but they win gaming by 10%. Yeah. So it's okay because it's Intel. Yeah. And I looked at the 7600X and I was like, AMD wins gaming. AMD uses less energy. AMD costs $30 less than the i5. Yeah. How is this not a better situation than what? And I think that's what AMD thought when they priced the 7600X at $300. Yeah. They're like, we're better at like three out of four things. Is, do we not? No, no. Apparently people get mad if AMD isn't better at everything. Yeah. They have to charge less money. And charge m- less money on top of that. I mean, it's been that way for as long as I can remember, in all honesty. And I think they thought maybe now that they have Mindshare, it's not like that. It yeah. is apparently still like that. Yeah. You know? Well, um, the thing with Zen 4, I mean, some of the other, the higher end stuff, I wasn't impressed with the pricing, as I mentioned. Uh, Zen 4 didn't do a thing for me. But then again, architecturally, it didn't really do anything for me. The big thing for Zen 3 was, of course, when they got rid of the uh, the cross CCX penalty when they, they combined mm-hmm. the cash. So architecturally, that did something for me, and I was impressed by Zen 3. Zen 4 didn't do enough for me. Uh, and maybe that's why I'm impressed by RDNA 3, because, yeah, they've done a lot architecturally, and as you said, they've landed it. And I can definitely see... a a big future for this for this series. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. And I know, look, the AMD fans are just sick and tired of waiting on this over and over <laughs> and over. Oh, you know the comments are going to be, here we go again, Tom <laughs> and Jim telling us to wait for the next generation, <laughs> we, we, which we, we, I'm not telling people to wait. Yeah. Right? But no. I, I, I think we, on your question, I tried to just make an analogy to Zen 4 where it was like, I was like, am I the only one who thinks that like it's impressive I know it uses 170 watts, but Raptor Lake uses 350. Like, is it's not impressive yeah. that AMD has the same performance for half the energy on a new node with all these? Okay, whatever, guys. I guess I'm crazy. I don't know. I I can see your point with RDNA three. I would just say the fact is AMD lied in a way that they usually don't, which makes it feel more insidious. I think. Yeah. And the fact is, it is obvious they failed, and they know they did. They they know that they didn't intend to give you 67% more bandwidth and tie the 6950 XT in some games. It's, I mean, you can, you can see the bugs. In 1440p, you would expect RDNA 3 to outperform the average in 4K. It actually doesn't. Yeah. To me, suggesting there's something wrong with the compute units, but the memory controller works great. Like, that's what I think, and I think everyone sees it, Everyone sees AMD thought they had something better than they lied and pretended they still did. And I think that's where all the negativity comes from. But, you know, in my video yesterday, I said there's four different questions. There's, did AMD lie to us? Is something wrong? Do they have stronger stuff coming? And do I recommend it? And the fourth option is, well, I still think it's better than the 4080, I guess. So yeah, that's my thought. You know, on its own, it's okay. But I think... There's a reason people are mad, but if you just woke up and weren't aware of what they were trying to accomplish or didn't care about what they were trying to accomplish, I can see why you might be impressed. And I would 100% agree. Nothing changes like about the fact that NVIDIA went from, what, six megabytes of L2 to 96 megabytes of... And they managed to like make ray tracing better, but they didn't quadruple it for the amount of die space they're spending here. And AMD is half of this die on six nanometer and yet it's performing 
20% worse with 20% less silicon and half that silicon's an inferior node. Yeah. And as penalties communicating. Basically. Yeah. Uh, on paper, chip no. Chipplets are a it's drawback. Chipplets are a performance drawback. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think on paper, I 100% agree. I think it is, it should be cheaper. It should have a different name. But relative to the 4080, it is a better card. And I think nothing's changed to what I think they've got coming in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I would resent to the trolls in the comment <laughs> sections that said, that will say, well, they're telling you to wait. I would say, well, we were fucking right about RDNA too, though, guys. Like it did tie the 30. Yeah, true. So you can't claim we're always saying the same thing. Yeah. This time, AMD just fell short and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it in terms of the falling short, which I don't, then yeah, obviously it would be very, very disappointing to be 20, 25% behind the 4090 if that was their target. Uh, and that is all that they have got in the bag and they intend to release nothing next year. We already know RDNA 3 Plus, whatever that is, we don't know quite yet what it is, but there's obviously something there that they're planning, a 3 Plus. And uh, for me, this will be the, the telling moment for AMD's graphics division, pro- probably for the next five years, I think. Uh, and yeah, it's true. And look We're at, always waiting on next year. Did. We're always waiting on next year with AMD. I know, <laughs> and I hear myself, trolls. I know I sometimes sound like that, but I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> like, I'm sure. So <laughs> it was wrong last time. I'm sure this time. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, we're not really guessing when we see those benchmarks on tech power up that show 3.2 gigahertz that tells you navi 32 is probably going to be at three gigahertz yeah that tells you that card's probably going to be awesome yeah if they don't overcharge if they don't overcharge and that tells you that there is gas in the tank for an rdna 3 plus like you like we've say though if they go for it they they have to actually do it though but it's i think frankly it's obvious that if they went from like what they're at now n5p to n4p which is or not even M4, yeah, N4P, which is really just a six nanometer per, you know, to seven, what yeah. four is to five. It's obvious if they go to N4P or who knows, an N4X kind of thing yeah. late next year, they, it's obvious they could get to 3.5 gigahertz, fix the bugs and have something possibly 30, 40% better than this. And the question is if Blackwell's even ready by then. Yeah. I kind of don't think it will be. And I don't, you know, we're not promising anything, no. but. I, I think <laughs> the reason real. me and you remain optimistic is we see such an obvious path to another generation next year. Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, basically, that's exactly how I would I would look at it as well. Yeah, there is a very clear path to me. Uh, power, the only problem I see is, is the power draw of the XTX, uh, which is it's a fixable problem. Yeah, and uh, I, too, am also concerned that AMD doesn't go for it. That'd be my biggest concern is that they just don't go for it. And instead, RDNA 4 is already you know well in the works, which it will be, uh, but they concentrate fully on RDNA 4 and miss an opportunity here to actually, if there is a big problem with bugs on RDNA 3, miss, a, miss the opportunity to, to fix that and just actually win for a change, like a clear win. It's been so, so long since they were able to have a clear win. And when was the last time? 10 years ago, maybe, that they actually won clearly. And that was only six months that lasted. It's been too mm-hmm. long, yeah? So maybe there is a bit of wishful thinking there in my part. But yeah, well, I've had believe. to come to terms with, you know, I'm old enough to remember when they won. But 10 years ago is a long time. They're yeah. not the same company. No, so, not even close. But, you know? I mean, like, remember when 
the 4870 came out in like two weeks after launch, NVIDIA dropped prices by 30%. Yeah. They're not doing that anymore, no matter what AMD does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they are a different company now. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good point as well. Uh, if you just look at it from a, the pricing perspective. Sadly, if AMD does win next year, and I expect it will, it's, mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna price it as the winner, yeah. But then again, you're probably talking... Fatty. Maybe they'll learn their message. Maybe they'll learn a lesson, though. I don't... They're not going to be a charity. No, we obviously not. And but you was- never know. They might look at... If sales collapse, if pricing is forced to be dropped, there's a chance the 8900 XT... Or who knows if they keep calling it XTX. There's a chance they may keep it at a thousand for one more gen or something if they feel like they botched this one. Yeah. I've been Which be is just why you should be hoping it doesn't sell, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why we hope that the XTX currently doesn't doesn't sell at a thousand bucks. So that maybe they do you know, like learn a, a bit of a lesson there. And you know, Intel yep. are eating into their market share as well in graphics, as we saw from the, the recent uh, John Petty results. So, I mean, it's hard. It's honestly, it's hard to believe that Intel would, would do that. But Intel have eaten into that market share, and I think AMD's at the lowest market share point in how long? As long as I can remember now. So, I mean, in recent memory, yeah. yeah here, there's actually one more thing I want to bring up here, uh, which is kind of on track with this. Ken Koru writes in, and he says, "How do you expect RDNA three? to perform in Phoenix Point's iGPU. This is the four nanometer APU they're going to announce in like two weeks. Yeah. Like, what do you think we're going to see out of that? Because honestly, Phoenix's integrated graphics performance with a monolithic four nanometer and and actually four nanometer um, <laughs> Phoenix, yeah. it, it, it might be very telling what's going on with RDNA 3. I, honestly, I find it hard to get excited for like mobile chips and stuff like that it's one of the areas that i have chosen to basically ignore yeah i picked mm-hmm. up that maybe what was it the zen zen 4 igp had a couple of cus on that uh and i thought well that phoenix could- has uh 12 cu it's, okay. it's it's basically the same as what rembrandt is but it's rdna3 instead of rdna2 and it's on four nanometer well now i mean yeah i can see how maybe that would be pretty decent yeah, twelve C. But then again, twelve CUs RDNA three is a lot less, isn't it, compared to RDNA two? Uh, well, it's the same amount of CUs as Rembrandt. Oh, it's the same. Right. right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, wait and see. Basically, on that one, it's not something that I'm really excited about. I don't know why. I just never really, you know, I dislike laptops. <laughs> I still dislike laptops. Uh, I use mm-hmm. them for. Uh, I don't game on a laptop. I just find it just too fiddly i don't like this i don't like the, the keyboards the screens are too small it's i just don't game on a laptop so I, I find it really difficult to get you know excited for for that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing to be honest with you yeah there were some ridiculous rumors that it would perform like a 3060 and i'm like it won't <laughs> no. it, it's gonna be i think maybe 6500 xt or something or maybe a little better than that or something maybe but I would say, though, if it overperforms like a 6500 XT that tells you whatever RDNA 3 is in Phoenix is overperforming what we got out of having 96 compute units in the desktop variant. That's that's the one thing I guess I'll be looking for is if it hits the targets I heard for that, whereas Navi 31 didn't, 
again, that would tell me RDNA 3's architecture itself might not be flawed. It might it might just be Navi 31. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be interesting to see over the coming months when, when even Navi 32 may have fixed some of these problems. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It, it, there has been a precedent, like I said, Tahiti had one or two issues which made it slow. Pitcairn fixed that like a few months later uh, and it was very, very power efficient uh, in comparison. So, there is a chance of that being the case. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong. There's there's definitely a chance of, and obviously we're talking different design teams working on these as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I hear the RDNA three variant in Phoenix is actually slightly different potentially too. Okay. So is that a three? I, I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know if that means it has a different teraflop pumping thing going on or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know yet. But um, you know, I will say this though. Here's a hot take. I will bet Phoenix on four nanometer is more efficient than Raptor Lake Mobile on ten nanometer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there'll be too many people disagreeing with you on that one. <laughs> I think that's going to be a pretty big bloodbath in mobile. Yeah, I mean, my God, ah, rough twenty twenty three for Intel. But you know, that's all the subjects um, that I wanted to get to. So I'm glad we had a chance to talk about all this. I mean, it sounds like you're going to be more active. You know. You know, famous last words, yeah. but over the next few months. As long as I'm interested video. in what's happening, then there's no reason why I wouldn't release a video on it. It's purely about the interest factor for me. It just went away. Uh, in between Zen 3, Zen 4, there was nothing there that really did anything for me. Ampere did nothing for me. In all honesty, Navi 20 didn't do a great deal for me either. I just felt like I just saw the prices going the wrong way and... Uh, AMD had already put Intel to the sword anyway, and NVIDIA looked out of sight to me. The interest for me came when I looked at uh, what RDNA 3 was bringing and the chiplets. And They're finally what, doing it, this you know, was, what we yeah, knew they probably would. This is what basically sparked my, uh, my interest again. Uh, so there's no reason why I wouldn't continue to do so. Like I said, I, I intend to release at least one video this week, maybe even get a couple out uh, talking about the reviews and stuff like that, and maybe... Maybe even another sort of looking to the future thing. I don't. What I don't want to do is bang the same drum about the seventy nine fifty XTX next year in case it doesn't happen. Yeah, but I, I firmly yeah. believe I firmly believe AMD will launch a much larger chip next year. Absolutely. But I'm basically the only person saying that, so I don't want to be the one. <laughs> I don't want people to be disappointed. I think it's plausible based on what I'm hearing. I just, it's just not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I've seen the document showing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I, to me, and it doesn't seem completely as firm as like a normal thing. I haven't. It's certainly like they have an RDNA 3 plus. Yeah. We know they can clock fast. There's yeah. a lot of evidence for why they would. Yeah. I mean, if that does happen, then obviously I'm going to be very happy about that. Uh, if it doesn't happen, then, you know, I was the one who predicted it and I was wrong about it. So that's just how that will go. I don't want to keep buying that point, but when you actually firmly believe, like, this is how it, this has to go this way as far as I'm concerned. AMD has to do this, and I firmly believe it. Uh, it's not wishful thinking, but as we talked about, it's AMD, they might just decide not to bother anyway. And uh, in the end, <laughs> what, what can what can you do if that is what AMD's decision is? Uh, so I hope I don't like keep on banging on that same drum. I'm, I'm definitely not going to choose it as a hill to die on, put it that way. Uh, this is not going to be the hill that I die on, but it's just something that I firmly believe will happen next year. Uh, and it's got me it's got me excited, yeah? Simply for the fact is, I just want to see NVIDIA get beat. I want to see how NVIDIA responds to defeat, yeah? 
This is the kind of thing. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what current NVIDIA would do because gonna, I gonna think gonna they almost lost on, their minds. They'll double down on ray tracing like you won't believe. Same as tessellation. They will go nuts. But here's the difference, though. The difference this time, though, is AMD has money to do it themselves. There's no reason why AMD can't be throwing money at game developers either. Both companies are running in about the same And amount. they're starting to. You look at their driver release yeah. uh, cadence. They're, they're getting there. It's well, not the same again, AMD just, of 10 years this. ago. The same, same AMD 10 years ago simply didn't have the money and they were left open to NVIDIA tessellation shenanigans and throwing money at devs like Hawks 2 benchmark and all that stuff. NVIDIA always had that in hand, but now they don't. They can still do it, but AMD can do it as well. So that comes down to, do they have the will to fight a battle like that as well? Like, do they want to actually start throwing millions at well, game devs? And like you say, how does NVIDIA respond when their back's actually against a wall yeah. and they also have this much money? I mean, might we finally see, you know, like an 850 millimeter squared HBM4 yeah. insanity? Like <laughs> Something really Maybe. Weird. Like, and it, it's only going to happen if AMD really pushes them to not hold back yeah you know yeah basically speaking yeah and uh, i would i would say that i would believe what you suggested about nvidia going massive on three nanometers like a huge die it's the only thing they can exactly do because it's right. the only yeah. thing they can do yeah and it'll be 500 watts or, or whatever and hey you know look if we say three nanometers 20 percent better than five which i don't think is an unreasonable yeah. thing and then i multiply that by like 800 millimeter squared divided by 620 or something, you get to about 50 to 60%. Yeah, exactly. They're hitting that They've got another one. They can do it again. Yeah, They've got one more in them, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think they have got one more in them uh, as well. uh, But but that is literally them at the ragged edge of every single thing they can do. They are at the reticle limit. They're at the power limit. They're at the biggest, you know, the biggest coolers that they can slap on that. And they have literally nowhere to go after that. Nowhere whatsoever to go after that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I've seen MI3, I, I actually leaked what MI300's design is, and I've heard references to them testing Navi 31 and like, or just, I should say, RDNA3 compute chips on that like crazy, like 12 chiplet MI300 yeah. thing. You always wonder if AMD would actually try it. Like, what if they got it working with RDNA4 and they're just like, so <laughs> we call this the, you know, the 10990 XTX. It has, 16 chiplets yeah. it's a thousand teraflops and it's 10 grand but it beats nvidia by four times yeah so have fun everybody yeah. you know and then they just walk home <laughs> like i i don't even and i had a renderer look into it like that would technically fit on the graphics cards <laughs> like so it would just be like you know this big 3d stack realistically you would look at twice the performance uh as the top they can meet which is basically what they've, they've done to intel with chiplets yeah they're twice they're twice as fast basically right yeah i would expect if they did they did do like a proper gcd chiplet uh this is and a like a mega one this is like a completely different proposition from simply taking the cache and mm-hmm. the the io off die though yeah or sorry the uh, the memory uh, uh memory was off die uh, to go with actual G, uh, graphics chiplet dies this is well what, yeah but let me i can confirm they are testing this crap with mm-hmm. like an mi300 base layer and then putting the gaming chips on top. The thing is, it's just, it's clearly not coming within a year, that crazy one. Yeah, I mean, but they're trying to make it. The difference <laughs> between doing doing like compute 
dies for like the market for the, the data center market this is completely different from graphics as well yeah it's like graphics is a it's a, just a different load there are so many the, the amount of communication required uh, between the chiplets there makes me think that yep. this is probably a red herring but we'll see about that you know the funny thing is well and yeah i didn't say anything like that's coming out the funny thing is though is if they did succeed at making that mm-hmm. I almost wonder if they'd like sell it socketed in its own motherboard prepackaged. Cause like if this is a $10,000 gaming card and again, everyone listening, I'm not saying this is coming yeah. out, but like, I'm just like, <laughs> I almost wonder if it'd be worth it from a business perspective to only sell it themselves for like 10 grand is like the chip that games four times better than almost like else. their own game console. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause like, what's the point in letting them and selling a $10,000 PCIe card Put Zen 6 on it, make it a giant like MI300 APU, prepackaged into the motherboard. You can choose your own RAM. And uh, we're just going to sell it from AMD.com for 10 grand if you want undisputedly the best gaming chip on earth. Yeah. Because I don't know why they would bother selling that. I mean, can you imagine like a Sapphire $10,000 card? They're not going (laughs) to let Sapphire make that. You know, it would be interesting to see what what they would do to their partners if they were as bad as what NVIDIA can can be with their partners. Obviously, EVGA and uh, XFX, sorry. They also... Mm-hmm. Got, who uh, left uh, NVIDIA as well. AMD just seem a little bit nicer in that regard when it comes to their partners. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the next-gen consoles as well, though, because, you know, they needed the consoles at, the, at that time just to keep the revenue ticking on. They don't need that anymore, AMD. And, you know, this is... Consoles are eating into those wafers like nobody's business. Fortunately, seven nanometer wafers uh, now, but we saw how hard a time they had uh, on seven nanometers, even with Epic, because they just didn't have the wafers. There was so much demand. Nobody can buy a PS5 or an Xbox. Yeah. So, well, you can now, actually. Yeah, you can get them now. But, I mean, how long ago was it they launched? Uh, Two years. Two years, yeah. They did launch. During the GPU shortage, yeah. though, so yeah, and but, AMD uh, and basically AMD had every single uh, product on seven nanometers at that point, yeah. So the good news there is at least they've moved on to five now on everything, which is good for the graphics mm-hmm. cards as well because the graphics cards were the first thing to go on seven nanometers because th- those are the lowest priority product coming out of AMD. Yeah, even the consoles are higher priority than graphics cards. Uh, but no. Yeah, it will be interesting to see because I don't think they are anymore. They're not. Those consoles just won't be. I don't think as high of a priority in terms of. I, I think that they can be very good and come out when they need to come out. Yeah. It's just I don't think AMD is going to charge bargain pricing for that no. <laughs> this time because they're the option. Yeah. Who are you going to go to? Basically. Come on, yeah. Tony. What are you doing? Yeah. So it's interesting to see. I mean, you, you could say that AMD has joined Nvidia and Intel and their their ability to sort of squeeze the customer. Yeah, which is disappointing, but they are a company. Uh, and well, it was obvious they would do that. Um, they've gone that same way with their customers. It'll be interesting to see if they do it with their partners as well, if they actually found themselves. That's the one thing I suspect they wouldn't, yeah. at least not right away. Yeah, at least but not right if away. if they became NVIDIA, they probably would eventually. There's a reason NVIDIA is yeah, doing it. they probably would. In fact, there's almost no reason to think otherwise. <laughs> Except... For Jensen Wang, you never know if it's just him 
who doesn't accept anything but yeah, exactly could, what he wants. It could well be. I mean, Lisa's ruthless. Lisa Sue's kind of ruthless as well, though. Yeah, she's got a kind of. Ruthless. She's wearing leather jackets now too, quite literally. <laughs> you know, right, so yeah. I take it back. <laughs> yeah. I think they're from the same. I think they're related, right? Yeah, apparently. So, so. why would we assume she'd act any differently? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, same, same breed. So yeah, there's every chance, same stock, <laughs> acting in the same way. All right. I got to get these files to my editor so we can try to turn them around yep. by the end of Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, all that content you're looking to make, it will be on the YouTube channel, Adored TV. There'll be a link in the description, of course, for that, for you guys to click on if you haven't heard of Jim. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, thanks to everybody for listening. You know, subscribe to Broken Silicon on your podcast app of choice. Tell your friends about us. Play it on loop a hundred times on 10 different devices. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, support us on Patreon. All the things are there. Links in the description to sponsors. Um, and uh, yeah, just thanks for listening again, everybody. And have a good holiday season, Jim. Thanks for coming on again. Yeah, you as well, and all your viewers as well. Yeah, Thanks for having me on the show, and I'll catch you later, guys. Cheers. This podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law is Dead podcasts, videos, articles, and other media. However, I don't do this alone. Moore's Law is Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and special assistance by Carbon Cry. Find all of our information, including the information of sponsors you can support, at www.moreslawsdead.com. If you would like to send fan mail or hardware to us, please mail parcels to Moore's Laws Dead at P.O. Box 60632 in Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. And speaking of fans, patrons are what makes Moore's Laws Dead content possible. The aging business model of spamming ads all over the content is dying. The future of media will be built on fans paying for the content they actually want to exist. And so if you have the extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon, Die Shrink, and Loose Ends, and of course, access to the Moore's Laws Dead Discord, full of like-minded people who would love to meet you and talk to you about computer hardware. I am one of them. Additionally, higher tiers get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the entire back catalog of Flyover State's podcasts and other projects, Moore's Laws that is done, and thanks in the credits of videos and other perks as well. And hey, if you can't afford to support us, please do share Moore's Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media, Reddit, and forums. And give Broken Silicon a five-star review on Apple Podcast or your preferred podcast app. All of this really does help so much. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, hire Tom for consulting, or are a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com but as i said this podcast would not be possible without its patrons supporting it and so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans the following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels brad medlin drita full av anthony greffa greg patecki muhammad akwari brett jones aaron close jay little germany jan rander daniel high treadbird ryan riggleman dr foreman sam miller deke thomas rupp the mechanical philosopher terrence herod snes chalmers tom bailey greg t wanchuk Andrew s frank Zelensky, daniel d mjb one, Eric Jackson, Justice Brennan, Sammy Good, Valcom Alev, The Boss Haas, Nicholas Buckner, Spandrum G. Spantum, Lord Starstream, Jonathan, 
General Trips, Blake, Franco Frederick, Matthew Lazier, Jensen Wang, Nathan Moses, Zeris, Gregory Secker, Dominique Cock, Jake Dude 23, Jake Martin, Cameron, Christian Lavoy, HardForum.com, Original Ross, Licky, Lance Passer, David Cowden, Ricky Tan, Chris Frey Butler, GZ Ziggy, Sarcastro, Stephen Hart, David Sebastian, Mead and Pork Stew, Tim Rob, Luis Correa, Ian Clifford, Jesse Jeskowiak, Travis Gooding, Holden Moley, Nanny Ann, Chris Rich, Deepest Learners, Mad, Zutsu Taylor, Stephen Coates, Michael McGee, Chuck Glidden, Sammy Malas, Greg, Achani, Patrick Go, Emmanuel Chief, Rhett Summers, Milton, Tommy, Stephen Dick, Tommy, Kunden, Brucha, Mark Mitchell, McDavid, Domain Peterson, James and James Anderson, Marshall Pierce, Mark Rainmaker, Dave Schultz, 3DS Boy 08, Hal Buma, Norithiel, Matthew Landavazo, Stefan Koladic, Henry Zhang, Judson N, Brendan O'Connell, The Grin, Michelle Pell, E31337, Antics, Joseph Kelly, Noah Nicoella, Hexapuma, Chrysantine, Jerem Ferreira, Mayor, Keith Moore, Kita Abdul Kadar, Precision, DNA Tech, Nicholas Alexandra, Jean O'Shea, Royce Meyer, Charles Russell, Rajanid Ari, Slushbot, Teak Autumn, Jackson Miller, JSMMH, Neith Rizink, Mean Dean, Cal, Andre Zox, Game and Centurion, Jeff Sedler, Jordan Simkovic, Loophole 35, Windstar, William Welpy, James I. Raider, Corey Leonard, Nell Lima, John Shin, Justin Bussell, Kelpin, Austin Haggerty, Roger Davies, Shade, William Leaked, Corey Chappelle, Evan Dingle, C2, John Iverson, Samuel Park, Aaron, The Eternal Dreamers, Jensen, Angima, Mark Central, Derek Lambing, Michael, Fours and Pours, Him, Sagung, Robert Davidson, Space Channel 5, Beer Motor, and of course, thank you to Zahara for the music. <laughs>